Well, in this episode, Adam Ray back in studio, bringing the funny as always, and uh, actor Kyle McLaughlin, who you know very well from every movie ever made. Also, Josh Davis, who's um, he's a reporter, and uh, they got a pod, and a very interesting story. We'll do that, we'll do the news, and we'll do all that right after this. Hey, everybody. Good news. We're doing the Comedy Fantasy Camp again. Jay Leno's going to be there. I'm going to be there. John Lovitz is going to be there. Caroline Ray is going to be there. Many, many other big comedians are going to be there. February 29th through March 3rd. Tickets are going to go fast, and it's all going to culminate at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. So come and join us at the Comedy Fantasy Camp and work with the pros. Get your tickets at ComedyFantasyCamp.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Adam Ray. And from the podcast Varnum Town, actor Kyle McLaughlin and investigative journalist Joshua Davis. Plus, we'll do the news and trending topics with Chris Loxamana and now, Making Herstory. Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. The choice began. When did you get it on? Max Pat is in uh, studio. Hello. And uh, Adam Ray is going to be showing up in a couple of few. He's running uh, a little bit late. So as soon as he comes in, we'll we'll bring him up here because we're going to get into the AVN Awards. Dawson won out there. Got some tape. <laughs> Talked to some ladies and some yeah. gents. He's our investigative journalist. Yeah, and uh, we'll break into that, but we figure we'll save that for when uh, Adam Ray comes in. All right. Speaking of AVN2, Kyle McLaughlin's coming on, and I imagine you're going to bring up Showgirls. I have to, because <laughs> that's one of the greatest movies of all time. So Showgirls should be seen by everyone, and if they've seen it, they should see it again. But he was a big part of that. And Sex and the City, of course, uh, he was all over that, but... I, I mean, I'm looking at his... Uh, Twin Peaks is what most people would know him from. Yeah, Dune, he was in that movie. Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet was a big movie when it came out. Um, oh, The Doors. That's right. Wait a minute. I love The Doors. Showgirls, of course. Of course. Um, Portlandia. What was he... We got to look up his role in The Doors. I'm... If he's a promoter, was he wasn't in the band. I'm trying to picture everyone in the band. No. Yeah, The Doors. I love The Doors. All right. So uh, he's been in everything, and uh, he'll be in this show, too. Um, he was in the band. He was, he was Ray. Ray Manzarek. Oh, he played Ray Manzarek. Oh, yeah. that's right. God, he melted into the role. That, <laughs> that's such a crazy... I mean, that movie with Oliver Stone um, and... Um, Val Kilmer should have won an Academy Award for Doors. He, he, Val Kilmer was Jim Morrison. He just was. 
He just became that guy. And I don't know who beat him out, but he did not win the Academy Award. And now he's gone and he never won an Academy Award. And he should have. I mean, the idea that he was that pop singer and top secret and then, you know, two years later was doing the doors and stuff. Val Kilmer, man, that's an interesting cat who's, I think, passed very recently. Um, And we'll find that out. Now, uh, I want to hit an important subject, which is uh, frothers. Um, I I didn't know what a frother was 10 minutes ago, and now I can't live without a frother. You use it a lot here. I am froth-centric. I end up putting shit in the drink, you know, in the coffee. You put the protein stuff or the collagen or whatever, and and I froth away. <clears throat> We're going to have to do something about frothers. We're going to have uh, – so you end up getting these cheap frothers. That's that spinning wheel that foams up your drink, right? Um, there's a problem with frothers. Um, the cheap ones – have an on-off switch. That's a disaster. As a matter of fact, I think that frother, I think big frother is in cahoots with big paper towel because you (laughs) drop the thing in, you hit the button, um, it goes on, it starts at 10. It's like, and then you got to get the bounty to mop up the, the countertop. It's like blenders, blenders that have the 10 speeds, but the last three speeds will throw everything in the blender out of the blender. Yeah. Why have that setting is, is what I'm, what I'm saying. Like, so it's your blender will vomit all over your kitchen. Why the ceiling? And sometimes it's on that setting and you turn the blender on and it just blows up everywhere. I was keen to this very young, very young. I could remember babysitting my neighbor, Adam, And um, that's right. I had a little kid next door named Adam. I would get a dollar an hour and I would babysit him. And it was great for me because I was 14. And it's not like my dance card was full for a Friday night. I didn't have any dates. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a moped. I I had nowhere to go. Uh, But my neighbors, unlike my house, had a color TV set like 27 inches. I We were rocking the 13-inch Zenith, black and white. Mm. And they had a fridge full of food. And they had a pantry. Pantry access. I didn't even know what a pantry was. My <laughs> kitchen was so small that I, a house I grew up in, and all the houses I grew up in, they had, they had cupboards, but they right. didn't have a pantry, like a place where all the good shit was. The dry goods, yeah. And... But this would be marshmallows and uh, pie filling, and I would open the pie filling and put mini marshmallows and Toll House cook, and I'd make a pudding <laughs> out chef. of it. Yeah, and so uh, I would go next door, and I would watch, I would babysit from yeah, eight o'clock to midnight, and I would make four dollars. But that was good, good for me, and I would watch color TV and eat whatever was in the fridge. Until at a certain point, they very embarrassingly, I mean, for me, sort of admonished me. Like, you got to take it easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I remember once there was a whole turkey in there for like the next day they were going to eat the whole turkey. And they're like, Adam, you, 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 got, you can't get into that no turkey. Shame. Yeah. I, I, they knew I would clean out whatever, whatever was in there. I was a crazed raccoon and the world was my dumpster. And I was on the prowl for food 
all the time. <laughs> so I would go over there. The kid would be asleep most of the time when I got there. So I was just like, all right. Even better. Even wow. better. And I would just plop my ass down. No, go to the fridge, start pulling out everything. Go to the pantry, start pulling out everything. And then I would just sit there and turn on TV on a Friday night. And I would watch Charlie's Angels and Fantasy Island and Vegas and Love Boat, like all those shows. And every like eighth episode of, of all the mystery action, whatever shows from the 70s and into the 80s, but especially on Charlie's Angels because it would be exciting because they'd be, they'd be trying out to be a cheerleader for the Rams or something and there'd be a locker room scene. You know, they'd be working at a club at some uh, health spa or something and there'd be a locker room scene. And that was the big deal to see them shower. But, you know, they would close the door, but you could see their head, you know, and their shoulders and you knew they were naked. That was a big deal. And then they put the towel up top, you know, and they and at some point they'd go into the sauna or the steam room. It didn't matter. And while. Jill or Chris or um, Kelly was in there. Uh, you'd see a set of mysterious hands, like put a spoon or bar or something like a something in front of the sauna door so they couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. And then they would turn the heat up and they would turn the heat, you know, 110, 120, 130. And they'd turn it to skull and crossbones, like, <laughs> like, you know, like you're roasting a chicken. And even when I was, 12, I would go, why would you make a sauna that was capable of killing a person? Like, why not? It, it would seem like you're opening yourself up to litigation by by having having this thing go all the way up till death. Yeah. Skull and crossbones. Why is that an option? I had that, that scene in my head early. And then I started thinking about that with blenders. Why do we have an option? A button I can push, it'll send every ounce of daiquiri that's in this thing (laughs) onto the ceiling. And now I feel that way with frothers. Frothers, the cheap ones, you just push a button in, click, click, click it. It's like a handheld. Yes. And it goes nuts. And then you you try to click, but it's too late. Everything's out. Do you, do you click before dipping? Cause you got to dip first. You got to dip and then click and then froth. And in, but the cheap ones, it's an on-off switch, and it'll stay on. Then I started realizing, I started thinking back on my days as a carpenter. And what it was is tools had on-off switches, like the first generation of routers, you know, wood routers. Like, I'm going to take this carbide tip Roman OG bit and put it into the side of this rail here. I'm going to put this design. Like I'm going to route it around it over mm-hmm. chamfer bearing bit. Back in the old days, they'd have these like three horsepower routers, like these big mega things. And there's just a switch on the top and you click it and the thing would go nuts. Just like, bah! and it would try to pull out of your hand. Like a fire hose. Yeah. Like a fire hose. And as I've told you guys, one time I was, I had to drill a big hole for a stereo cabinet I was building for somebody. It had to be like an inch and three quarter hole. And all I had was this flat paddle bit and I couldn't find a drill. So I put it in the chuck of the router and I was going to try it. And I hit the switch and it went, bop! And the the bit just helicoptered around. It didn't go straight. It flipped to right angle and just started ah. spinning around. And I threw it. 
Yeah. Because it would have stabbed me in the head and killed me if it popped out of the chuck. So then, and all tools were that way. Then some genius invented a progressive switch. It was like the accelerator to a car. Imagine a car just being on full throttle. Like, no, you would feather it. You would press it down and you would go faster and feed more and power. And it's non-latching? Didn't latch and progressive. So yeah. then routers got progressive switches now where you could start it slow, <laughs> get it moving, and then speed it up as you need to. But you could control the power yeah. with a progressive feather. switch. That's what frothers. Frothers. They need a progressive switch. They should all have progressive switch. We have the technology. It, the cheap ones that come with the mug and come with the machu sauce or whatever powder, that's just the click one one. But we need one with a progressive switch. And then you could drop it in and you could slowly start getting it going, and you could get it moving, and as it started to bubble over the top, you could back off the switch, let the switch go, it would slow back down again, then you could speed it up, but it wouldn't be bang, on, coffee, everywhere. So Byron, <laughs> you have to see if there's a frother with a progressive switch, because there should be, we have one here where you hold the switch down, and if you let it go, it stops. It's just, yeah, so non-latching. Which is helpful, but it's not progressive. progressive right, I want, it, I want the pressure to indicate. Progressive, yeah, it's like 15 RPM, <laughs> let's move it up to 50 RPM, let's get it up to 150 RPM. Yeah. There should be high-end frothers should have progressive switches. I've been drinking my coffee all wrong. I That's need a right. custom frother that... That with a goes, progressive yeah. switch, yes. I didn't think you could improve the frother. Well, <laughs> you can't. And I haven't seen a frother that looks like it was worth more than eight dollars. They have nicer ones versus cheap all black one black button that pops in and stays in. Oh, we have um, we have Chris going into the sauna. Oh, I was so in love. I was so in love with Cheryl Ladd when I was thirteen. Oh my God, she's in the sauna. Uh-oh, uh -oh. somebody's Somebody padlock. padlock. Uh, now, I don't know why you, you, if you, if you have a club and you have a sauna, why do you have a hasp? I mean, literally like a lock from a gate that you could put a padlock on there. Like, again, now the steam's getting hot. I wish saunas worked this fast, yeah. steam room. And and steam you, you notice, you notice, the thing was turned all the way up to danger. I'm saying don't I don't think that. they would have danger. No. You know what I would do if I was working at that club and I saw Cheryl Ladd's head like undressed with her head poked out going open up? I'd be like, Look, what do I get? Me. <laughs> yeah, like I think I could pick this lock, <laughs> but... Let's negotiate what, like, what, what would it, like a BJ, like what would that be worth? Like your life? Right. You know what I mean? You're already naked. You're kind of lathered up. Yeah. We'll just punch a hole first. That was, uh, yeah. That. We'll do a glory hole and I'll violate it. So uh, that's how I grew up. I grew up watching Cheryl Ladd in a sauna. That's hot. She looked good sitting there. Just the towel, pink towel. She was good looking and still oh, yeah. is. Great set, great bod, beautiful. 
great at solving crime as well. Like they always solve that crime. Mm. Bosley never, never got into any of them, you know, never Respect. wanted to go out for drinks Respect. or anything. Um, all right. So Adam Ray is going to be here soon. Is there such a thing? Do you think there's a frother with a progressive switch? I'm not a frother. Maybe a, a handheld immersion blender. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, I don't think, yeah, I just don't think people really cared about the froth that much. The froth <laughs> comes flying out of the cup, though. That's the problem. Right. It, it, the froth we get, but we it's the mess. Could it, couldn't it just start on a low torque? Couldn't it just wind up into it so it gives you like two seconds to get it in there? Yo, well, it's in there, but yeah, it should start at a low speed. You found one with a three-speed feature. Maybe that's the frother I need. It's a three-speed frother, and I would just start it on low and maybe work my way up. But it's one button with three speeds. Right, yeah. That's fine. It's a slow, medium, and fast. I would uh, I would go along with that. And but to turn it off, you're going to have to go through fast, even just for a millisecond. You're right. It needs to just be progressive. It needs to be progressive. And like I said, if the router industry and the hand tool or the tool power tool industry can all go progressive switch now, then I think frothers can. So I was doing some research on um, the doors and Val Kilmer. He was not nominated. Not nominated? What do you think that the Doors got on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, God. Well, just the way you asked the I know. question, I, knowing, knowing that I love that movie so much. Um, it was long. It was kind of ponderous. Two had, hours, 15 minutes, which is uh, standard today. Considered long back in the day. And, 91. Uh, huh? 1991. 1991. Well, the way you ask it, I'll say 57%. 56%. I was way off. I know. Also, um, there was... Uh, well, um, what's his name? The director, Oliver Stone. Oliver, Oliver Stone came with a lot of baggage. Mm. You know, there was a lot of political stuff with him. He was a weird guy. I don't know if this is this is a little before the time when they would start factoring in guys. And his he was on the right side of the political stuff as well. But he was a weird guy. Right. This is a great movie, and you Val wanna, Kilmer not. You want to who who was nominated yes. and won? Yes. So Robin Williams was nominated for The Fisher King. Mm. Nick Nolte was nominated for The Prince of Tides. Mm. Warren Beatty for Bugsy. Eh. Robert De Niro for Cape Fear. Mm. And the winner, Anthony Hopkins for Silence of the Lambs. All right. But none of them became... I just think it's a taller order to become someone we all know. I I think if you want to play... Napoleon, that's fine. We don't have a lot of footage of Napoleon. We don't really know what he sounded like. We we don't we don't really know him. Um, but if there's a guy like Jim Morrison and there's thousands of photographs and posters and live concert footage and talk shows and all that kind of stuff, and you just become that guy, I mean, you watch that movie, you didn't question for ten seconds that this guy was Jim Morrison. Put the weight on. Did the whole thing not good for a nomin not good for a nomination? That's really I see. 
He was so good, I just assumed he was nominated but didn't win. Right. But Robin Williams. And, uh, you have a pretty good chance if, you're, if you do a biopic or impersonate somebody else that, of getting nominated, if you can really transform yourself. I mean, uh, it's Will Smith was Richard Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Rami Malek for Freddie Mercury. Gary mm-hmm. Oldman was Winston Churchill. They mm-hmm. all won. Stephen, uh, Eddie Redmayne for Stephen Hawking. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. Uh, so according to Waze, Adam Ray should be here. But we he is here. Oh, I hate that part of life for him. He is here. Because now I think he's been here. I'm seeing, no, he texted me just now, parking. So Parking. Oh, okay. So we'll go let Adam Ray in and we'll get into these uh, AVN awards. Because uh, that was in Vegas last weekend. Dawson showed up. Dawson, maybe what, you can... what are the AVN awards, Dawson? Just so for our audience, uh, they're the porn awards. All right, yeah. And Dawson, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was a uh, American like a video, adult video network, adult, adult video, video network. network, adult video news, adult video news awards. Adam yeah. Ray, in perfect studio. time to come in. Perfect Good time. To see Good to see you, man. Max, what up, doggy? All right, so we were saving this segment for you because Dawson went to the AVN Awards in Vegas. Wow. Interviewed some people. Sure he did. He uh, dressed up. He wore, a, he wore a nice suit. Really? Who'd you get starstruck by? Uh, well, at I, we can really get into this, but you know, at the, <laughs> I kept a count. Guy? I kept, <clears throat> I kept a count of, um, of all the fabulous entertainers that I've uh, ex- expended semen to. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, that's a fun game. Uh, yeah, and I got up to thirty-four. Oh wow, <laughs> and thirty-three. That's more than the Golden Globes. One yeah. of them was standing right behind me in the security line, and I turned around and said hi. And then I looked right at Izzy and said thirty-three. Wow, that's and then the we number. had a conversation about. And by it. the way, you don't get starstruck at the AVNs; you get spunk drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Adam, wow. you know the rules. Nice. So I, now, and look, is it just me? Our porn stars today have too many tattoos, are spitting a little too much, have fake tits. Like they're, okay. they're scaring me. I thought a you were bit. just going to go on the uh, the um, the tattoo, like you know, too many piercings. The light yeah. is bad in the in the shots. No, okay, so boobs are too big and fake. They're too look. I'm back. I'm back in the Christy Canyon days yeah. of the natural mm-hmm. woman with no markings, no tats. Wouldn't really know she was in porn if you saw her at the Costco. The tattoo on the porn star is also uh, similar to the um, the Hitler stash ruining like mustaches for guys that just wanted that look, right? Right. Because now mm-hmm. if you see a girl with a tattoo at a Dave and Buster's, I don't know about you, but Dawson and myself, I assume. Porn star. Yeah, I'm looking. You know, no normal person gets a tattoo anymore. Charlie Chaplin, you know, gets a little shit for rocking the original. Yeah, Hitler mustache. Um, he was pre-Hitler, right? Pre-Hitler. Yeah, I think yeah. he inspired. But I'll Hitler. tell you, so Hitler copied Chaplin. Yes, but the post-Hitler guy who rocked the the post sorry World War Two who rocked the Hitler mustache yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, weird choice. Michael Jordan. The Haynes commercial. Michael Jordan had a That's Hitler right. mustache. Now, it was a sort of black-on-black crime. Nobody really said <laughs> sure. much about it, but I did. I was like, what the... It was a true test of, like, how famous am I, you know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the greatest right. of all time. I globalized the game. I was the first guy to take McDonald's, Gatorade, and Nike up a notch. Right. 
No, oh, I, it's it's like when Trump said, I could kill someone in Manhattan yes. and get away. That's how big you are. Do you think Steve Kerr, Scottie Pippen, or let's say uh, Phil Jackson sure. said one day in practice, you know, Mike, uh, Mike's like, I could do anything. I could dunk from anywhere. And and then Phil Jackson's like, I bet you couldn't rock it. I don't know who that is. But yeah. Phil, no one's ever done a Phil Jackson impression. So let's right. all just take a step back mm-hmm. and remind ourselves who we are and where we are. Phil Jackson goes, I bet you couldn't rock a Hitler stash. And he's like, you want to see how fucking famous I am? He goes, not only will I do it, I'll do it in a fucking Hanes commercial. commercial. Yeah, Yeah. Mitch Mitch Kupchak couldn't have gotten away with the Hitler mustache. (laughs) Someone from the office, you know, the brass would have come down and been like, hey, man, let me, I got a Hitler mustache theory for you. I know you do. (laughs) That's why I'm so glad you brought it up. (laughs) Somebody brought it up. Somebody brought it up. I have this theory that... the when when somebody in a position of power like Hitler, you know, like Stalin, um, like Fidel Castro, sure. When these when these heads, Mike the, Lindell, Mike the my pillow guy, when these tyrannical leaders of nations start rocking facial hair, the common man rocks that facial hair. Right. Fidel Castro had the Fidel Castro beer, but half the fucking men had it, had it too, right? Or Stalin, they start right. You can look at 100,000 old Nazi pictures of the tank brigade and the Tiger Tank Brigade or Luft, the Lufthansa, uh, the airline, Luftwaffe and mm. all that. You see, they'll have pictures of the whole brigade with like 30 guys. Not one Hitler mustache. Mm. Hitler is is the supreme leader of this nation about to take over the world. This is an era of guys with facial hair. Nothing. Like, you know, when... uh, They wanted to do their own thing or what? Well, I I think it was that bad, a piece of facial hair, (laughs) that even guys who were willing to round up Jews and put them to death for him would not agree to the mustache. Wow. They're like, I won't go that far. That's yeah. where they cross I'll, the I'll round up that family of gypsies who's caused no harm, oh and I'll put them God. on a train. But I will not do this mustache. It's it so bad. It's itchy. Narcissism. It's just, it's not going anywhere. There's yeah, no like, level uh, or no uh, person immune to... I'll guarantee before that, when like the king of Prussia had the mustache with the wax in it, half the guys, you'd go into a barber shop look, and they go, give yeah. me that look. I'll get that look. You can look at a thousand photographs. All his henchmen, mm. you know, all all the Nazi guys and Goebbels and all the architects of 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 all the propaganda. Those is, they're all hanging out. Yeah, there's footage. You, no Hitler mustache. Do you no. think Adolf Hitler would be flattered? Well, I have a theory. If <laughs> I got a theory to know that Michael Jordan rocked his stash. Yeah, or just or if, if he had an underling, just uh, like a, one of his generals. Just well, let's up. talk to him. Well, I would no. I am not, for the record, <laughs> about to do a Hitler impression on the show and make it popular. I think there was this story, Adam, and you tell me. Okay. I think there was some guy in some brigade that started rocking the Hitler mustache, right? As homage. And, no? And he got shit. Uh, because he's he's a Fuhrer ass kisser. Yeah. You know, he's just kissing the Fuhrer's ass. And then that guy made an argument that he had this mustache in high school. This wasn't Hitler-inspired. Yeah. And he was probably finding other guys or looking for his yearbook yeah. or something, going, come on, I man. Check my old headshots. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this. <laughs> he copied me. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that... And yeah, if you're a Nazi, you're a little effeminate, because that's how we're doing this. The... In a world where 
all your countrymen and foot soldiers, lieutenants and generals, rock the facial hair yeah. of the leader. Never could find a picture of somebody rocking Hitler's mustache. That's how bad a choice it was. What yeah. a bad day to just look in the bathroom mirror, about to shave it off because nobody believes you. Life is miserable. Nobody believes and you've you. You've had it. You've had it. But since it would. College. It is a valid question because it, is the Fuhrer flattered when he sees that? Mm. I mean, is he secretly kind of pissed off? Like, where's everyone's? I think it's almost mustache? like when you see SNL getting chastised for maybe ripping off a sketch idea from YouTube. Right? You mm -hmm. go, all right. Like, I'm not going to call him out because it's the mecca of sketch comedy. But you take a little bit of like. I'm flattered that there's common thought, or do you step up and shoot Lorne Michaels? Uh, uh, it's hard Facebook to tell. Message? Hitler was very complex, you know. He hard was. to tell whether he would have taken that as a that a boy or a tip of the cap. He doesn't strike me as a guy that brings you into the office being like, "I noticed we have similar <laughs> facial hair structure." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuhrer, I had mine since high school. Did you know that? You did. Yeah. Ask anybody in the garrison. Well, I don't care about what you did pre-Nazi. Oh, oh, yeah. We're, we're living in kind of a post-Nazi era. Yes, it's pre-post. Just like it's uh, before Christ, after Christ. You know, Michael Jackson. I listen to a Michael Jackson song and think, did he look at the butt before or after this song was recorded? Yeah, I don't really get that reference because it's Jackson. 1941. <laughs> oh. But I will say, I'm not denying the reference. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying I don't, I don't get it. You need it. to get out more. Uh, I'm just saying... Uh, Fuhrer, um, or, or uh, Adolf, I don't know to call you. Dolph. A, oh, Dolph. Okay. Oh. Um, I'm just saying I had I had this in high school. I'm not accusing you of copying me. No, 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 no. And also, I, <laughs> you know, it's there are so many styles, right? Mm. Yeah. Julia, yeah. Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, I was going to go with a Fu Manchu, but then I was thinking. Trust your instincts, Fur. Yeah, but I don't want to do that because, you know, we have the Japanese and the Pacific Theater fighting the Chinese, right, you right, know, right, so right, I didn't right, want right, to right. do a, you know, homage to a Fu Manchu. You know, I didn't think you'd like that. Well, I do think that my stash is so famous that at some point somebody will copy it worth uh, the attention. And my question now is, whether that's Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, or even Brad Williams. I would prefer a dwarf rock my mustache than you, Fur. I know Jesse Owens kind of screwed up your Olympics, Fur. I hate to bring up a sore subject, but I know he kind of blew that for you. And yeah, there may be another man of color who rocks your mustache in the future, possibly in a Haynes commercial. As long I don't as he's not Jewish. No, no, I don't think they like that. Is Michael Jordan Jewish? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I'll I can't look tell it up. you off the top of my head. Most guys that ha have that kind of airtime, you know what I mean? The guys with the 44 verticals. <laughs> the guys who can take off from yeah. the free what throw. What a dumb stride. question. Yeah. All right. So, sorry, Dawson. Went to the yeah, we got the, the we ABS. A little, a little Hitler, <laughs> Hitler tangent. Yeah. yeah. Great band name. Yeah, Hitler tangent. <laughs> Yeah, went out to the uh, went out to the AVNs, went out to the Expo on uh, Friday, which is um, you know Nam was this weekend where you usually get all the yeah. audio gear. AVN Expo is like Nam with STDs. Wow. Um, saw lots of um, lots of naked girls, uh, lots of dildos, lots of life size sex dolls. Wow. Um, Are they getting good now? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, he got friend zoned by one of them. Whoa. Just, yeah. Just they're getting that good. Are they like $10,000 ones? Because I've been hearing about this. Uh, they're, I, you know, I didn't check the prices. <laughs> yeah. How Look, dare you? Yeah. You yeah. had one job. <laughs> Come back with an affordable <laughs> sex doll. No, they say like a Rolls Royce dealership. If you have to ask, you probably can't <laughs> afford can't, it. Can Market you imagine price. somebody out there paying six figures? And at that point, it's not a doll. It's a robot, and it's a with, with a vagina. I mean, the people. I mean, there's got to be. I remember when Whitney Cummings for one of her specials made. I think it would cost her. I want to say fifty k. She had a like Vembot. Oh right. That was like molded. Yeah, there was. It worked. You know, I don't know uh, uh, below the neck, but um, tight pussy. I'm here to say. Yeah. So, so she so, left it in the green man. room at the improv. Yeah. Did she really? I, been, yeah. I wouldn't say I was drunk, but I had been uh, drinking, yeah. and, I and it winked like, at you. I that's uh, I thought, yeah. but I just made my move. <laughs> yeah. So tight. Can you imagine though spending like hard and much to get? And then at that point, what are you expecting? Well, you know, if you're paying six figures for a sex robot, you're this just, reminds me of something else. Please. All right. I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was toggling between Hitler's mustache and sex robots. But I've, I've realized that, a, you know, a six foot blonde, you know, $10,000 sex yeah. robot. I was thinking like, A, I work real hard, you know, and I really work hard. And I deserve I'm the best. I'm always thinking of others. You know what I mean? Providing for others. But gotcha. like, what about me? You know? Right. And I, I thought like, okay. This is, I've worked for 30 years. You know, I don't get myself many presents. So I I thought about this thing, but here's the rub. (laughs) Pardon the pun. (laughs) When we were collecting porn and spankable stuff back in the day, it was magazines, it was DVDs. You know, now it's your phone. Stashable stuff. Take the DVD, slide it between the mattress and the box spring. The extent people went to hide magazines and DVDs. Oh, like yeah. Everyone has like an attic or a, a drawer or like now it's like guys get, you know, cl- clever with their folders, which right. you got to stop doing that. Yeah. Like, you didn't right. go to Cabo. Stop making a folder titled Cabo Adventures 2022. It's always a porn stash. Right? Yeah. You stashed it away. Definitely right. not big black cocks, you know. Yeah. No, I, you, you'd have to have, um, no, I was thinking about it. It's in a book of mine or something. You have to, label it uh, like Steve Yeager's greatest all-star hits. Right. And then no woman would ever... Fuck it. No, I'm going to myself. My theories on the 1982 Minnesota Twins and yeah, why they didn't yeah. win the World Series. Right, right. And then that would always get left alone. Yeah. All right. Now, here's what I'm saying. Where are you going to stash a six-foot... Sex robot. There is no more sock drawer for that. Mm. Can't do the old faithful out in the woods. No. Nope. People put stuff people do under the bathroom sink, you know, and that. No. What are you going to do with this six foot blonde in your home? And then isn't everyone going to discover it? They're going to show up and they go, oh, Adam, you got a sex robot. Look at you. You know, yeah. so here's you my. You can't say it's a doll for the kids. You know, they didn't no. want the. Here's tiny, my yeah. take. My take in whoever's programming these things or inventing them or whatever, they need to perform other tasks. Right. Plausible deniability. Be multi-talented. That's my dog walker. 
Wow. It's an automated dog walk. Who happens to have. Who wears a thong back and my jizz is all over her back. But yeah. It's, but she knows the route in my neighborhood that's the yeah. safest. And, and they'd be like, she needs to wear stiletto heels and a thong back. Hey, I don't tell you how to yeah, walk your dog. Right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then you'd get confused and they'd go, is she programmed to pick up the dog poop? And you'd go, who? And they'd go, your, your dog walk. Which, oh, yeah, I, right. Yeah, where are those bags? <laughs> you'd get start sweating a little bit. Oh, shit. Yeah, but they have to perform other. Because they ha- your friends would have to come over, or family members, God forbid, and see her like making an omelet. Yes. You know what to I mean? understand. And then later the on, you could bang the bejesus out of her. <laughs> it's like Lars and the Real Girl. Remember that? Yes. Gosling brought home uh, a doll. He was, you know, a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And his, uh, you know, sister and, and, and brother-in-law were concerned about his, you know, dating behaviors. And then all of a sudden, a doll shows up. And actually, that's a great scene. I remember he's like at the door and he's like, "I can I bring a friend to dinner? And they're so pumped. They're like, oh, my God. Like, who... Who, yeah, I mean, yes, of course. Like, what, first of all, didn't know you were even going anywhere to meet someone, let alone mm-hmm. you're bringing a girl over. Yes, like we are in full support. No judgment, whoever this person is. Right. Our one prerequisite <laughs> is that she's breathing and not a doll. They didn't say that, but then they cut to the doll at the dinner table, and it's brilliant. But like, you have to, you have to have other things that the doll is. Uh, or do you? I mean, what sort of a family are you comfy enough to just? show up on a Thanksgiving and go, you guys know I've been in a rut. I'm 48. <laughs> yeah. You want me to be happy. Right? Right? Y'all said that. Y'all yeah. said you want me to be happy. And safe. And safe. Mm-hmm. You said, hey, man, you're, you're, not, you're not pulling out, and you've had six almost babies in mm-hmm. the last 24 months, mm-hmm. and it's time to get your shit together, Clint. Mm. And I think it's time for you to make a change, and I've done that, and I'm happy. And I want you guys to meet the reason I'm happy. And then, and then he, he pulls her out, out from under the table. From yeah. under the table. And he wipes her mouth for her. Oh. The dog. Yeah. Just to let them know, yeah, she was down there. And yeah, she was <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I, well, who's fan? I like my idea of omelet maker and plausible yeah. deniability. Well, you can't the, just come out. The and- dog walker is, is suspect because you, if, if this doll is going to walk your dog, go walk around the block, parading around. Yeah. How do you know she's not... Stopping by your neighbor's house. After. Oh, you know, you're get she's jealous. got a wandering eye. Yeah. God, I mean, if I was, if I was your neighbor. stepping out on me. Imagine luring a like, sex doll walking just, a dog. That's just Adam's rope, dog walking robot. I'm going to I'm gonna go say hi. <laughs> I'm going to fucking pull her battery. She keeps this shit They're up. Just, yeah. There's strictly professional relationship here. I'm looking for something that's more. That's an uncomfortable conversation with the neighbor. <laughs> Wife answers the door. What do you want? No, not you. I want to talk to your husband. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the guy mowing the lawn uh. with a boner. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I want to talk to him. Listen, this thing's only warranted for one cock. You understand? <laughs> and it's prorated, yeah. too. You're voiding my warranty. You're voiding my warranty. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dawson. Poor Dawson. Would have oh, one last right. question. If they get the feeling of these dolls down, like, perfectly, mm-hmm. what if they don't, like, if, does it take you out of it if the noises they programmed sound too electronic mm. i can hear gears do you know what i'm saying yeah. if, you're, if everything feels the way it should and you're like dude this is just like the real thing if not better and then all of a sudden 
she's like, I'm about to count. Like, does that take Stephen you? Hawking sort of sound? Yeah. What if it's just, if, if it's set on Stephen Hawking, does that take you out of it? I think you got to go AI and oh, that's right. get a celebrity. You know, wow, that's next. Brooke Shields, circa 1989. Julia you know Roberts. Julia uh, Roberts, Pretty Woman era. Wow. You know what I mean? Like Richard Gere, would, Pretty Woman era. Whatever floats your yeah. boat. Like, that's what we would start doing. Adam Carolla, Man Show era. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, poor Dawson. Go that's, ahead. That's, that's quite all right. So uh, the expo was cool and everything. Got to, got, da- got to sit down and do some interviews. Now I'm still sweetening the audio and finalizing some of the interview videos, but we'll make them uh, available in their full. In their full. Uh, highlights, I was speaking with a uh, 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 male performer, last yeah. year's male performer of the year, Mick Blue. Mm. We'll get a picture of him up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick Blue, one of the most interesting people I have ever spoken to how, in my life. How so? <laughs> um, Austrian dude, grew up uh, doing downhill ski racing. Mm. Um, you got to be an athlete to be a porn yeah. star. Got into porn, but now he's uh, driving race cars. Mm. Wow. Um, he's trying to become a mainstream actor. But what we did, we kind of, I we joked with all of the people. I would ask them, you know, we're just going to sit down. Hold on a second. Isn't uh, Mick Blue, isn't that kind of a who's on first type of situation? Yes. Where's our actor, Mick Blue? I'm not asking who he blew. Right. I'm asking where he is. Where is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> who is he? Mick Blue. I think he's hanging I, out with. Uh, I get it. He blows guys. He's now, where with, is he? <laughs> we're running late. He's, ha- he's hanging out with Will Pounder and Huge Cock. <laughs> Right. <laughs> when when enjoying uh, porn, you guys, do you pay attention to the male actor? Like, or do like, is there certain as little as possible? As I mean, as... if you, I mean, this guy. It's also interesting that you said he wants to be a real actor. You're. I'm sorry, but if there's footage of you, like blowing something on somebody, or or take just, there's no way you're gonna get a guest star on CSI Miami. <laughs> there's no way you're gonna be cast in some sort of Paul Giamatti indie film because everyone's gonna be like. <laughs> Even if they recognize you in the audition, like they're it, it something's. Oh, I mean, we should talk to Kim Kardashian about your theory. Oh, maybe she get has some thoughts. No, I think she's doing some promo for American Horror. Oh, that's story. right. Yeah. She's all right. You know what? I stand corrected. <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, I got to speak with a friend of the show, Maitland Ward. Sat down mm. with her. Oh, she's mm. an actress um, first, though. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we asked we asked all of these adult performers basically the questions to the last presidential debate no mm. way uh, mm. great call uh, mick blue uh, would solve crime by um making sex free because you've never robbed a bank in your refractory period mm-hmm. uh, wow can't, can't confirm i have yeah. it yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they used to say about the 9-11 hijackers they're like if they had just rubbed one out Right, right. Maybe there would right. have been a, yeah. a second, right. exactly. uh, a reconsideration. Yeah, exactly. women get all these lactation rooms. I mean, we should get a, a little room right. just to... Uh, oh, is that what those are for? Because I've been using them to rub one out. <laughs> yeah. I was just in Karen using one. By the way, so, if you do run for office, this is your platform. Any you know, room... Men need their own lactation rooms. <laughs> any room with a lock on the door is potentially <laughs> a whack God. room. Oh, my yeah. God. You've de facto not... become... You, are really you sound like relaxed. a homeless man at Starbucks. That's right. <laughs> Wait, Doss, who was the most, um, I guess, uh, um, Mick Blue, but then who's on the female, who's the female equivalent to like star of the year? 
Who's the uh, Maitland Ward? We spoke of Maitland Ward. Yeah, is yeah, she the this... Meryl Streep of porn? Who's no, like the? No, actually, uh, I was introduced to Mick Blue as the um, Meryl Streep of porn. No that way! Good happened. for him. That he is the Meryl Streep of porn. And so my follow-up question is: Do these other adult performers look at Mick Blue and go, "Dude, he fucks so good," or are they like, "He can stay in a scene"? And like he's a really good listener. He's oh, like he makes you better as an actor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. what type of a performer are they celebrating? I might have to follow up with that. Those Imagine, are good questions. Do they? Because if he does want to switch over to real acting, there's got to be. You're still, you're still acting. I mean, yeah. Like I think because you know I guess most porn stars have to have a level of connection when they're acting and fuck. I mean, I mean, look, most of them I think are pretty. No one's looking at the you know um, the quality of the the acting performance, but. Something tells me that Mick Blue takes it pretty seriously. He does. I think he does. I think he uh, does his research and um, you know really gets into the role. I'll tell you. I'll look- tell you what they have. What's a vestige of a bygone era? If you watch vintage stuff from like the seventies or the eighties, they do a lot of close-ups on the dudes' faces. And they would overstay their welcome. Mm. Like you just see that guy, like just at the climax, they'd cut to the guy's face and they'd stay on it like oh. way, way too like long. You only, you just need to establish. Like I get it. John Holmes is about to bust the nut. One Mississippi, good. Move back, back to the chick. Oh no, they'll hang out. They'll hang out for like a 10 count on the dude while he's trying to swallow his lower lip. And he's going like, oh, and it's like, all right, we get it. Yeah, too you much. get it. Now let's get back to the chick. I didn't even think you need to establish. Like if it's some POV blowjob thing, like you can see from the knees, that's a guy. Yeah, I don't know why. But I'm telling you <laughs> 70s porn, which I'll, I'll look at every once in a while, too much, too tight for too long on dude faces. So also talk to uh, uh, Jennifer White, uh, her husband, huge fan of yours. Mm. Um, well, uh, uh, again, when I clean up all this audio, we do have an a, a interview question with Jennifer White. Why don't we go ahead and try this? You what, could, are you, go ahead. Oh, what were the, like you said, you walked around like the convention area. What were the people like, like the guys walking around, the girls walking around? <sighs> what do you think they were like? Your imagination, and yeah. and you're a hundred percent right. Really? What do you, I don't, what I'm do you think is there? Um, it's a the lot same. Of lonely guys, <laughs> really? lots of lonely guys. Yeah. Were they um, doing lots of broken girls, booths <sighs> and peep shows and stuff like that? They. Uh, it was the whole thing was sponsored by I think FreeCams.com. If I'm wrong mm-hmm. with that, I apologize. You are wrong. But, it's actually so John Bajus. At the expo. That's right. <laughs> At the expo, like at Nam, where you would see, you know, guitars yep. all lined up down this one aisle. Um, there were the several aisles. Must have been a couple hundred girls uh, doing live cam shows. And wow! Just walk down, you're like, wow! It's it, it was complete overstimulation. I mean, at one point, I wanted to, I, I wanted to take care of some of these girls, like in a mm. nice way. Like, can I? Can I bring you to my house and make you some soup? Oh, man. <laughs> it's got late night strip Or do you want to vibes. take your chowder yeah. here? Right. <laughs> wow. But, that was a solid anyway, Dawson pop. I haven't seen that Dawson in a hot minute. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on Wait, to the actual awards show. Question, though, real quick. The, the, cam, the live cam thing, I've seen it once. I don't know if I've ever told the story before. Brad Williams goes, I know a porn star. Do you want to go see a live porn being shot? I go, I'm on my way to a Passover Seder. <laughs> but I can make a, I can be late. Yeah. So we, and it's actually both in Chatsworth. So I stop <laughs> off at this weird strip mall. Brad and I walk in. There's a guy in a wife beater and like some old Houston Rocket mesh shorts. 
He's scratching his nuts. I hear some girl behind being like, I can't do it anymore. It burns. And he goes, just just put something on it. And then whatever. She's like, but. And then she was like checking her email at the same time. It was very overwhelming. Brad and I walk in. There's two girls putting things in other girls. And then it's just Squirt City. I've never seen anything like oh, this. Really? And Brad and I are in there. And it's a tiny little room. And there's only four little cams. And I go to Brad. I go, do we start clapping? I feel like we walked in at yeah. the closer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, and we're the audience. So right. even though, and one of them, one of them, they all looked at Brad. So I'm just standing there like the plus one that's like, I'm his bodyguard. You know? <laughs> and and I was like, do we clap? Do we, you know, and Brad made a joke. He goes, like, should I start joking off? I go, I mean, you can for sure because I think they'll make a wish and it's fine. But, right. but it's, this was the live cam thing. They were, I was like, who are you guys talking to? They're like, oh, there's like 30,000 guys on right now. I was like, wow. get out of here. So, I mean, that, I didn't realize that that was still in play. Like you said, oh, yeah. it was sponsored by Free Cam. I yeah. thought the Cam thing was a thing of the past. Oh, it was all OnlyFans it's, now. But it's almost it's almost the entirety. Wow. Really? It's oh. the whole business. And oh, yeah. it's because there's interaction? It's possibly because there's interaction, but it's really, it's the, it's the adult creator who is in charge. And people will comment so like... it's the people, like, you can be a porn star in your house on your own time. Wow. And that's why it's taking I over. never, wow. I, I never got the sex phone calls, the 1-800 or 900 or whatever it is. They used to put, God, renting porn, like literally renting VCH yeah. ta- tapes. And then, and then at the uh, VHR? VHS. Yeah, VHS. And they, they would put at the end, they would always put the advertisements for the sex, call me, yeah. you know? And that one, they always were off-putting because the chick would be sucking dick. They'd be tight on her, blowing this guy, and then she would, like, look up and go, oh, there you are. I missed you. <laughs> How about you give me a call? And I was like, whose dick are yeah. Who's this guy? You guys oh explain it to you first. <laughs> I thought we had something. You want me to call you while you're sucking this guy's dick? Some people, yeah, that's a fetish, though, for some people. I didn't, I, I was put That's off. not personal. I didn't pick up the phone. No. I was like, well... Unless we can reach some yeah. sort of agreement. Why don't you call me when you're yeah. feeling like... When you're like... done sucking cock, how about you <laughs> give me call, call me? Give me a call you want to yeah. give yeah. me a chance. I'd be yelling at the set, you know. Monogamy's real. <laughs> All right, so anyway, where are we are on to the, the uh, awards show, the actual awards show on Saturday night, which uh, Izzy and I ended up crashing. I thought we had tickets. We didn't have tickets, but we got tickets. Of course you so, did. So we got in. We had some pretty, What'd you have to do for seats. Yeah. Uh, just stand around. Added thanks to Brian Gross. Let's He's go. the public Phrase relations guy who got us in. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the 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 award show I'd imagine was supposed to be like any other award show. The problem with having porn stars host um, is they're not great reading. There you go. Yeah. So it it was it was clunky. It was uh, it was and they it was were drunk. awesome. They were it drunk, was, right? It was loose. Some of them were. Yeah. Some of them were, but nobody really got out of hand. Mm-hmm. Were there um, jokes in the prompter? Or did they try they, to? They were definitely reading a prompter, and their writers uh, need to be re evaluated. Wow. Need a punch up guy. Eddie Gordetsky. He's got to punch that shit up. I, haven't they hired comedians to do these? They did, yeah. and they, try, they tried to hire one uh, this time. Um, he's up on stage with several porn stars doing presentations and whatever, and he did not take his eyes off of their boobs yeah. the entire time. I believe this may run on Showtime, so That's, when it does, you really got to wow. take a look at it. And then every other everything he, uh, other thing he said was, let's go backstage and fuck. I want to oh, fuck. Oh, Check out my God. dick. I'm like, okay, that's weird. By the way, that's got to be somewhat off-putting for them, right? Like, I mean, I, do they take, are the... 
performers in the crowd like really hoping they win and getting choked up if they, no pun intended, but getting, do they get like, are they like, I I always wanted, you know, at the moment I knew that I could poo, I was like, can something go in it too? So best (laughs) anal has been a dream of mine. And dad, I know you said, I know you said stay in school, but you know, you also said follow your heart and, and see what's possible. And I did, and I did. And, and, and I, I, and I know you're watching and I know you're probably not happy about it. Adam, Adam, as you as you uh, 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 thankfully brought up, uh, I did run a little bit of video. The night belonged to Vanna Bardo. Yeah, Vanna Bardo. Vanna Bardo. Do we Everything know her? Vanna Bardo was Should we know nominated her? for. She took home. You, uh, she was the Oppenheimer of porn stars. Did you know her? I, she wasn't one of thirty-four. Oh, she. But I know who cut. she is. All right. Um, she won uh, anal performance. Of the year, well, somebody had to, and I, I had to, I had to pull out my phone and just get a little bit of video on her acceptance speech. Uh, here oh, it do goes. Do we have it? Yeah. Holy That was say? it. You just missed it. We'll do it again. Fuck. Holy shit. Holy shit. Um, and thanks to my asshole, you know. Yeah. She thanked her she asshole. She thanked her asshole. My asshole. I was very, very happy with that. Wait, but where as, is... As we're watching the awards, uh, Izzy and I are doing a, a, a running commentary on on the nominees and I'm you know saying well that's a that's a stacked category. She's up against some tough competition. Who knows? And and all of the things we're saying are just kind of one-off non sequiturs. Now people around us are starting to agree with us. Mm. Well, at one point they did the inductees into the Porn Hall of Fame. Mm. And one of the people inducted was the great Nikki Dial. I don't remember, know if you remember Nikki mm-hmm. Dial. You may, Adam may be a little bit too young. Chris definitely, but hey, she might remember Nikki Dial. We'll find a picture. But this is what happened when Nikki Dial was inducted into the Porn Hall of Fame. Danny D. Nikki Dial. Yeah. Matt Holder. What about the only guy who jerked off in 1990? Come on. What the fuck? (laughs) So apparently I was the only guy who beat off in 1990. (laughs) (laughs) Was there there an in memoriam? Uh, There was an in memoriam. There wasn't in memoriam. No way. And it seemed like they did it for Jesse Jane. Mm. Oh, um, because she was died. the very yeah. Yeah, just... she was the very last name up there and they held it up there for, you know. Had to be a moment of silence for a the hedgehog. one gun salute. Oh, I'm just stuck, sir. Uh had to be a moment of silence for the hedgehog. Not included. Not included. Mm. Ron, not included Ron Jeremy all. not doing well. No. No. Not doing well. <laughs> Health wise? Incarcerated, dementia, oh, just God. completely gone. According to was he real? I mean, has there been a movie, a biopic on Ron Jeremy? There and, should be. I mean, the way that I mean, look, Boogie Nights, phenomenal <clears throat> film, right? And I feel like it, there's a way to tastefully do it without. It just feels like the guy, and I'd have to go back, but I feel like he was. I knew about him before I really probably had a full grasp on what porn was. Yeah, I just knew the name. Right. So yeah. he was definitely his marketing team was on it. He was in rap songs. Yeah, he was in. You know, I don't know why uh, the legend of Ron Jeremy. There's a um, from 2001, but that's that's him in Vegas banging skanks. You know, I mean, like a real movie. You know, if you get to the end credits and the end wording 
of the movie, the Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman film, Pepion. Mm. Great film. You guys are too young to have seen it, but it's a great film. There is a narration at the end. And, and that narration sort of encapsulates Ron Jeremy's yeah. life. And we'll, we'll, we'll dig that up. I know your documentary, which I very much enjoyed. Oh, thanks, guys. Doug, which is uh, the true story of Doug Ayer. I think you, did you say Ayer? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, an incredible story about an athlete who suffered a horrible injury diving into a pool yeah. and then became the world's most decorated like paraplegic athlete. Yeah. And cover of a Wheaties <clears throat> box, global tours with you know Jordan, Montana, Mary Lou Retton, Bo Jackson. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's on YouTube. Yeah, by streaming the way. on YouTube. I mean, thanks for plugging that. Yeah. I it's maybe one of the things I'm most proud of to date. A, I've never done a documentary. You uh, know this world well, but it's a lot of fucking work. And I met Brian, Doug's brother, who's uh, you know uh, celebrated in the doc very much so, who really saved Doug's life. Yep. On and off uh, the stage, you know, and yeah, horrific accident. Kid was faking drowning uh, in a pool where he was a lifeguard at, dove in to, to help him out. Life was great. And not just great. I mean, like, you know, fun loving the same guy he is now, uh, um, uh, you know, coincidentally, but just with, you know, <laughs> working legs and and college uh, athlete, uh, you know, dreams and family's great and just all that stuff. And uh as he says in the doc, life ended and began in that moment. And and watching watching Brian tell me after years of friendship, uh, about four, five, six years, about his brother, and he's uh, it just didn't seem real. And I was like, how is this? How have I not heard about this? And then I meet Doug, and uh, and see how in- incredible he is. And then he starts telling me, and so I'm getting it from the from the source. And then he pulls up just countless pictures and videos um, of uh, of of Will. Uh, uh, Mick Blue and I said, "Oh, I thought this was going to be of, of your stuff." And so, so I thought that's what you wanted. So then we put that down. I know he had all these pictures and videos of just his life up to this point, the things that the TV appearances, all the just, and it was so overwhelming that I was like, "I have to! I can't believe the story's not out there." They said there was a movie at one point, and the producer passed, and it kind of squashed. And I was like, "I just have to start with flying buddies out to interview uh, Brian, his brother uh, Doug, and their mom at the time." who just passed and at least just get the story and then I'll, you know, f- get that captured and then I can start, you know, figuring out what the story is and, uh, and what, how much of it I want to, you know, what version of it you want to tell. Cause there's so much more about their family. And, but I feel like the story that was most apparent was, um, a really good feel good, like guy who had, uh, uh, you know, an insane tragedy and, I think it's so easier said than done to think that you would just go, all right, cool, I'm going to make the best of it and go on to inspire and impact millions of people and and mean it, you know? I, I don't know if you saw in how many interviews, when he talks, you're like, oh, that's not a guy that's bullshitting about believing in yourself and doing this. It all it felt very genuine to me, as he is now, and um, you know, became a criminal lawyer and helped with the Disability Act. It's a feel-good story. It's really well done. My editor fucking crushed it, and uh, it's on my YouTube. It's called, just type in uh, Adam Ray, Doug, and um, it's only 45 minutes, too. Yes. Yeah. It leaves you, leaves you wanting more. That's great. Can I add one more thing to my feel-good story? Please. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> feel good down there. Uh, at the, you know, they had an announcer. They had an announcer at the awards, and the announcer, a lot of them were just pre-produced packages of all these awards. Yeah. They didn't award them all live, but when you hear the award going to 
total eclipse of the whole. You're like, yes, okay, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. But the best, and this got me on my feet, I stood up and cheered when Big Tit Teen Cream Pies won an award. And people thought that we were in the business because we were like, that's that's wow. it. That's us, baby. That's the team right there. That's the team. Um, yeah. That's the team behind it, Big Tit Cream Pie. Yes, and it was just, it, it's fantastic to hear a professional announcer in an awards setting Say, now, big tit cream team oh, cream pies. It was wonderful. Can, so I'm, right. I'm grateful. Can I, had I a be good honest, Dawson? Thank thanks for sharing. You do have the look of someone in porn. You do, and yeah. that's a compliment. I was looked at, but you have the voice of someone who's not. So this is why. <laughs> right. This is why I think in the Ron Jeremy story, you're either a, a early director. I think you've got two scene stealing scenes early on where we see young Ron Jeremy. Uh, played by maybe I don't know John Kite, you know, mm-hmm. and and you're directing him, and I mean it, I don't know, dude. Again, after the show, I was uh, recognized by two. Of Corolla course, you fans. were. The oh, similar passion I had for out. making the Doug documentary, I now yeah. have to making the Ron Jeremy story starring uh, Dawson. All right, we need I'm a in. break. We got the news, and I'll play that fitting tribute to Ron Jeremy as spoken through the end of Papillon. Right after this. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. And this is Dr. Drew. We are changing things up for the new year, and we want you to end the week with the two of us. That's right. Brand new episodes now on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of each week. So sequentially, thank you and mahalo. Just thrive. Life can be overwhelming, and uh, it's not just your mind that suffers. Stress messes with your digestive and immune system as well. Just Calm, the breakthrough, new stress-busting formula from Just Thrive, exclusive mood-lifting blend. It's clinically proven to help you relax and breathe easier in as little as four weeks. And I love the award-winning Just Thrive probiotic, which I took this morning and I take every single day. Spore probiotics are 1,000 times better survivability than most probiotics. Banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce serotonin, which is your happy hormone. Plus, it supports better sleep. I use it. I love the company. I love the couple that makes this stuff. We went out to dinner. They are dedicated to this product. Just thrive all with a money-back guarantee. Right, Dawson? Right now, when you go to JustThriveHealth.com and use promo code ADAM, you can get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. That's like getting a month for free. And a portion of every purchase goes to Vitamin Angels, a nonprofit organization that saves the lives of millions of children and moms-to-be around the world by ensuring they get the vitamins and minerals they need to stay healthy and strong. To learn more about this groundbreaking company, don't miss Adam's interview with Tina Anderson, founder of Just Thrive. Take control today with Just Thrive. Unplugs. And the point of that for the pleasure is, uh, oh man, you look like a guy that could feel this question, yeah? You look like a guy that sells butt plugs out of his Hyundai Tucson. When it comes to men, two inches up, close oh. belly button. Okay. I don't think anyone thought you were going to have an actual answer. I mean, what the fuck? I truly was like, hey, let's just ask the first guy you see. And he was like, well, I've been waiting for you to ask me this the entire night. So, and here's my answer. Two inches up to the left, A, B, up, down, right, select, start. And you should, 
Meet King Koopa in the Warp Zone. Um, Adam Ray is on the Adam Carolla Show. I now realize that the end of the movie could have been Brian's song <laughs> and not Papillon. But let's just hear the end of Papillon. Steve McQueen was on Devil's Island. He's a true story. Accused of a crime he didn't commit. Threw, uh, threw his coconuts in the water in a bag and sailed sailed off to the, to the mainland. And there was a narration. But this one is about him going to France and living the rest of his life as a free man. But let's hear it. Let's hear it. Hey, you bastards! I'm still here! Oh, that would work for Ron Jeremy. Hey, you bastards, I'm still here! <clears throat> yeah, that would work. Yeah. That would work. Alright, but the end You'd have him floating away. Years of his life. Yeah, he, he lived, lived a free man. But I'm telling you this is a great movie. You gotta watch this movie. Cool. It's a true story. Well I already saw the end. I don't, I don't um, the uh, no, we need the end of Brian's song. That's that's what that's where it is. That's all right. I've got I got my ending narrations uh, flip <laughs> for Ron Jeremy. But hey, you bastards! I'm still here. I mean, in L.A. County, but yeah, yeah. still here. Not bad. Could have delivered that at the AVNs. All right, what do we got for the news? Um, all right, so Elon Musk, he was working on something called Neuralink, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a so he's implanting a, he's he plans to implant chips in. Mm-hmm. Our brains, right? So they announced that it implanted its first chip in a human mm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And oh, great. Yeah. That patient is recovering well with initial tests showing promising neuron spike detection. Mm-hmm. So this received approval from the FDA to conduct its first human trial last year. And the startup announced later that year that it was seeking volunteers to have its chip implanted. So this is going to enable control over your phone or computer and through um, basically any device just by thinking. Mm-hmm. So initial users will be those who have lost the use of their limbs. Imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer. That's mm-hmm. the goal. So the yeah. chip is designed for people that truly are uh, impaired. Well, the, the initial chip, but I'm sure you know if this goes the way that Elon wants, we'll all have it. Yeah, we all want to think faster, move faster. Yeah, yeah and control everything with our minds. So I don't have to lift up my phone anymore and... Uh, you know, like like your video. The problem with all the time-saving devices is it's an endless pursuit. You never reach, you never reach the finish line. Like no. you go, and they always had. They would always say they'd go, look. Once they invented the washing machine, and the woman didn't have to go down to the river and wash <laughs> the clothes in the river, but the washing machine. She will now have free time to enjoy herself. Right. Yeah. And all the advertisements in like the 50s were the washing machines in the back and the housewife is reading a magazine. But the reality is, is it's like you have self-driving cars so you can relax. No, no. It's so you can text. Yeah. Some it's business like, shit. Yeah. You and, know what and I mean? Buy some tickets to some. Right. Yeah, it's just, Everything you're, you're, that yeah. frees you up just makes you go faster down the work mode. And the plan is always like, oh, well, automate this, and then you'll be able to get there. And it's like, yeah, instead of taking a wagon to Oregon, you'll take a plane to Oregon, and all that means is you do more work here, leave later, get there faster, and then do more work when you you get there. That's how all this goes. You're not freeing up any time. No, we have the end of Brian's song, by the way. This... (laughs) 
This is the legacy of the hedgehog, Ron Jeremy. Ryan Piccolo died of cancer at the age of 26. He left a wife and three daughters. He also left a great many loving friends who miss him and think of him often. But when they think of him, it's not how he died that they remember, but rather how he lived, how he did live. That's beautiful. That's what they're going to think of with Ron Jeremy. Now, we'd end on the similar face with Ron Jeremy, too. You know, yeah, yeah. not too long. Around <laughs> right. the yeah. Don't think about him dying in prison. It's how he lived, porking every hot. <laughs> That's chick actually and getting, great. You got getting paid for it. Ron's yeah. voice over, yeah, over a, a long shot. Maybe just pulling back from him, just plowing away on somebody. Yeah, and who, was that Brian's voice? That was the voice of the coach, I think, in the in the movie. Um, that was the, a dad in Dirty Work. What's his name? That was a famous actor. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Always played the crotchety. Jack. Jack uh, uh, oh, man. Jack. Yeah. Not Nicholas. Not Bauer. That guy. Me off. Who is it? Yeah. Jack. Uh, Jack. No, my Jack God. Warden. Warden. Let's Warden. go. Yeah, that yeah, was, I, I didn't come up with square. that. I didn't come up. It was on the screen. <laughs> Adam uh, doesn't need a chip in his brain. He's is, he is, he is the guy right. doing it. The All chip right. in the brain scares me. Jack Warden. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so he tried. He actually conducted extensive tests on animals first. What mm-hmm. animals? Uh, monkeys. Mm-hmm. And they they were able to play a game of pong while navigating the screen with just their brain. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's but, what, that's what they tested. I mean. Yeah. That's how, but I feel like we should. If it's the yeah. Let me tell you a thing <laughs> about opportunity. It. Like have them. Let me what you, let me tell you what you don't want in in life. Monkeys playing pong. No. What you don't want is if you're a creature on this planet or any planet you want the superior the superior group or phylum or the superior animal is like the human right yeah we're 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 the top right yeah and then there's all uh, other god's creatures that come below now what you want to be is you want to be like a dolphin or panda bear where the superior being just goes, look, we have nothing to learn from this, but we are going to feed him and and swoon. Well, look at him. Look at him. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of the dolphins. Chicks love dolphins. They right. love panda bear. What you don't want is right underneath the superior being because that the superior being goes, well, we can test all our shit out on the monkey because yeah. they're closest to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you were on a different planet, Adam, there would be a superior being to you. There's no doubt. Yep. You would not rule the planet. Of course. But you want to be way down from it so it would keep you as a pet. <laughs> you know, look at Adam. He's so cute. He tells oh, yeah. jokes. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? He tells us about his brother-in-law, yeah. the rapper and everything. <laughs> He's fun to have around. He needs to be fed, by the way, and wiped and like taken care of. But you don't want to be one click below them no. because they'd be like, let's test the shampoo out on his eyes. Because he has the same <laughs> eyes. He has almost the same eyes as we do. And let's put this electronic. Oh, my God. Let's put this lobe in his brain. You want to be it's a like caterpillar. We want to test. Yeah. You want to be way down. Way down. That's, way down. Not too, I'm going to tell my kids, don't yeah. get too close. Yes. <laughs> Stop. If you get Striving close, for you got to go past yeah. and then take over There's like no Planet of the Apes. Yes. You're a couple notches below. It's all experiments all the time on you your monkey on. ass. Yeah. Those people that actually do sign up to get tested on, I met a guy 
I think that clip is on YouTube somewhere, but I met a guy who's who he went on like hamster something hamsterhuman.com. I'm making up this website, but it's not too far off. And he was like, I get tested by the government for stuff. And I was like, permission to speak freely, you look and sound like a guy who's getting <laughs> all the all the shots, all the juices, and right. everything. And I was like, What are you testing out uh recently? He was like, some shot for leukemia and then and then something for herpes. I go, boy, we're really just going both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> right. wow. And uh, and he said it pays decent. I was like, I feel like it should pay awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if you're making yourself susceptible to all that, but um, didn't know that. I didn't. You just when you're not thinking about that, I was like, oh, I've never met someone that uh, you know puts himself uh, up for grabs like that. It's got to be a lot of money for you to get shot up with something to be like, maybe this is. Uh, yeah. The, you know, if you're gonna do that, do the sleep tests. Yeah, even those yeah. only pay like a hundred bucks, I think. Yeah, but you're just sleeping. Yeah, that's what, make money doing. I, that. We used to be able to just use prisoners for everything. Now ACLU got all involved. Did we really? We can't. Oh yeah, <laughs> CIA and all those people. It was wow. always prisoners. I mean, because that's what a sen- they're essentially our monkeys, right? You, you know what I mean? We keep them, we feed them. Now let's test on them. Wow. Yeah, we used to have that. Um, I'd watch that show, by the way. Give me that pen. Adam. I mean, you've got. Uh, oh, is it leaking you. all over me? Yeah. Oh, is that what you're looking for? Oh, I was wondering why there was junk all over my hand. All blue. You have. Who's talking to the test person? We have Adam talking to the test person. Oh, because Adam does a lot of crowd work. Oh, Adam oh this Wright. is the person you're talking about. Is it? I don't. What is it? Is it supposed to be? Really? I guess so. I don't know, that's what we're being told. Wow. See, the internet's fit- got everything. You guys are incredible. Is this. Wow. This is you at Zany's. What's your name, my man? Russ, what are you doing here in Chicago? Uh, visiting right now. Visiting right now. Right. You're visiting a professional human who? <laughs> You're a human lab rat. For real? Wow. Pharmaceutical drugs need to be tested. Wow. Pharmaceutical drugs need to be tested. I'll take things nobody thought you were going to take. Thank you for your service, bro. So you're the one that's like, hey man, uh, you can only have eight Flintstone vitamins at once. <laughs> Unless you want to be the mayor of Diarrhea City. <laughs> so they're throwing you, wow, how do you sign up for a gig like that? Is it just, is it pretty easy? Just go to guineapig.com or what is it? <laughs> just another labrat.com? For real? Glenn, pull up that goddamn shit. All right, the audio is tough, but yeah, that was it. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. This guy. So then, yeah, and then he went on to say how many things. It, it was a, it was a nice grab bag of wait, what are they putting in you? But you know, he anyway. must be doing well. He got front row at uh, Adam Ray. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Stand up show. So I don't know. It's you, you, there's there's so many more gigs I would do before I let them just test stuff on me because I feel like how far up the line are they even? Like, where is it in the stage to where it's going on to humans? Right. You would hope that they've, like, how many monkeys are they, they testing? they got to have some guidelines in place. A hundred monkeys and then, a, and then a guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What about after you die? Would you donate your body to science? Yeah, I have to. Yeah. My yeah. mom did it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Would they, did they test out stuff? What they find out? Uh, they were conducting a study of moms who never loved their sons. <laughs> and? and- 
Yeah, well, it worked. Yeah, oh, that's right. Okay, it checked out. I got the certificate. <laughs> no, she did. It's official. It's oh official. Yeah, God. I always knew there was some something on a biological level. It couldn't be all emotional. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. She did. She but she donated her body to UCLA, right. and that was my answer to my stepdad. Wow. <laughs> Because you got to make a joke, right? You have to, dude. You have to. You have to. Um, you played it right. Yeah. That's right. So there's a story last week about a woman who stabbed this guy over a hundred times. Mm. And yeah. uh, and she's avoiding prison. So what happened was um, she stabbed this guy a hundred times, then turned the knife on herself during what was described as a marijuana-induced psychotic state. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it happened in Thousand Oaks. Oh. So she's been ordered to serve 100 hours of community service and two years of probation for this deadly stabbing um, uh, triggered by marijuana. Mm. The pot's getting too good. Yeah, we are past getting... the days of, hey, man, drinking and weed's different. You know what I'm saying? Because drinking, you can drink and drive and kill somebody. Weed, you just forget where the Apple TV remote is. Am I right? Good night, Bakersfield. No, right. now it's no. you can get too fucking baked, forget who you are, forget like what a knife can do and just start going to town. Going to town, this guy going to town on yourself. Like the cops came, she didn't she didn't even know what was going on. When wow. Yeah. Well, the, and the thing too, yes, pot is too good. It's not the old pot. It's it's too good. It might be a combo of stuff though. Uh, yes. And we've decided to give it some sort of mythical powers like we're shaman or something and this is sage. It's not. It's just fucking you getting high. And I've I've got I, I brought this up to Drew earlier today. I went nuts on it yesterday, but I will bring it up to you. And it's very true. If you said to a hundred moms who lived on the West Side, Santa Monica, Venice, Beverly Hills, whatever, if you found in Los Angeles, if you found one hundred moms and said uh, we found a vape pen in your fifteen-year-old's uh, son's drawer, would you prefer be pot or nicotine, like a Ooh. vape pen? For cigarette yeah. or vape pen for pot, 86% would vote for pot. Yes. They would wish yeah. it was pot. Oh, yeah. And they would, they're, because they're fucking dumb and it's insane. That's the crazy part. That is the fucking crazy part. You, you don't want your 15 year old fucking sucking on pot all day. No. It's going to fuck their brain up. Yeah. Vape pen does nothing with the nicotine inert. The nicotine buzz is way different. They right? want, it's, it's the coffee buzz. Yeah. But they want it. And this is where we're at. Well, because we've been—it's been so ingrained about nicotine yes. and tobacco, and yes, like oh, it's it's they're yes. smoking cigarettes, and or do you want to smoke? Pot weed? has like ma- magical uh, components to it when it doesn't. So hope your kid. Here's what I would say: hope your kid doesn't do the nicotine vape, but fucking pray they don't do the pot one, especially at 15. Yeah, thank and, you. And look, you can get too high. Okay, I've gotten too high. I've driven to 7-Eleven. I've gotten a Slurpee. I forgot that I drove and I walked home. Mm. And that's happened more than once. Really? I've also had long conversations with homeless people about things I shouldn't be talking about. Mm. Right. Um, but this is, there's no weed that should get you to this place. No. Right? Unless you walked into the dispensary, like, give me some of that stabby cushion. Well, why? Her four times. Why doesn't she do time? Is what I'm. Um, she because will. she well she because she was under psychosis at the time of the stabbing. She was charged with involuntary manslaughter instead of murder. Of course, the victim's family are disheartened. They they don't agree with this decision at all. But that's what the judge. Listen, came the, with. the Manson family stopped at 15 stabbings. Yeah, she what blew right 17? through that light? Yeah, and number one, number two. 
does she have some sort of backstory about being molested by the babysitter and this was the guy or oh, he raped yeah. her? I mean, you got to factor that shit in. Well, that just boy, I just just some dude. Yeah, that's the other that's thing. Again, weird, that part. being high and just stabbing with no motive makes no sense to me. So what did he do? If she wants to get herself out of doing time, she has to say that she was raped by this guy and it was her boyfriend. For starters. Then there's something, Chris, oh, man. no backstory or anything? He, he uh, not, like in a... the, not in this report. I'm not seeing. Let me, let me see. So she stabbed a stranger 100 oh, no. times. No, sorry. Excuse me. They're, I mean, they were, out, they were smoking weed together, so I don't think they were complete strangers. It might have been laced too, man. That's why I'm like getting real dodgy about. Oh, you go to the next one. I'll, I'll let Dawson look for this okay. one. I always gotta hear the. I need to know the backstory, though, Chris. I need to know if this is a boyfriend, a neighbor, or they met that day. Like, right? Some, I'm she's sure got a. I'm, I'm sure they her. have a relationship of some sort. Uh, boyfriend. That's what Boy. I heard in oh, the news story. Boyfriend. Oh, boyfriend. All right, and she didn't cry. She didn't play the abuse rape card because i feel like i don't think should, i mean if you're playing psychosis i don't think you Dawson, need to, don't take an entire mouthful of mixed nuts while i'm talking you know it, the timing's bad you, know I mean? like, you don't have to wait till after the show you have to wait till i'm done asking questions sorry. who's headlining uh, the chew what sort of nut uh made its way to the front philbert no i did <laughs> not know. hear anything about about any abusive relationship that certainly would have been in the news that was not taken into consideration by play the judge that card, huh? when handing down the sentence. Wow. It was all strictly hundred stabbings, marijuana. no time. Insane, absolutely insane. Even when I've played Duck Hunt High, and the name of the game is Kill, mm-hmm. I've had some compassion and been like, "That duck's probably got a family." And there's no possible way we could reverse this. If he stabbed her a hundred times, he'd be in prison for the rest of his life. A hundred percent. All right. Even if he claims psychosis, we got. Yeah, it's the new. Is it? Come on, it looks like Brett Favre's son. Yeah. All right, I'm what's John next? Favre. Um, all right, so uh, billionaire. Sorry, let me just get the uh, the notes. I was looking up the to see about the boyfriend. There'll never not be news about billionaires. Billionaire Ken Griffin. Mm. So he was uh, speaking at the MFA Network conference uh, today, as we record this, uh, to CNBC's Leslie Picker, and he says that he is done donating money to Harvard. Mm. So last year he gave the university three hundred million dollars. Wow. Named, named the Arts and Sciences Building. They named it after him. But uh, he says that, I'm done. I'm done donating to Harvard. I have a video. They named the building the Ken Green. Griffin? Yeah, the Ken and, Griffin. And, and every one of those fucking 19-year-olds walking in the library is like, that Ooh. guy not only had pop in his bat, but a cannon for an arm. Somebody should name more. That's Ken Griffey, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. That He's guy, I've hat. seen him throw out a dude from the warning dude, track. Greatest player of the 90s, man. Yeah. Unanimous Hall of Fame. Uh, fucking, his pops oh, could fucking drive. Only right. father son combo to go back to back. Nobody Can't. had this kind of power to the opposite field. Nobody. Right. So let's go read the shit out of his no, books. No, 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 no. Ken Griffin. The um Yeah. The Harvard the Harvard from guy. Seattle. No, no, no. Ken Griffin. The um Harvard oh, grad. His dad. Who, uh, senior. No, 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 you gotta Griffin. say senior. Take off the EY. At an end. Oh, he went to the Reds. He went to the I Reds got, after oh, the Mariners. Guys. I went to the Reds. But Ken... I understand the confusion. Ken Griffin. Let's just read some books. <laughs> he was nice enough to donate these books. Probably a lot of baseball books. Like, I want to... Right. Yeah. It's all Beckett's I want to read. The, I'm going to read the Tommy Lasorda story. What are you going to pick up? I'm going to start with the Ken Griffin story. Uh-huh. Griffin. Griffin story. The man who donated his time and money to this school and its education system. I wonder if they have something on Thurman Munson. <laughs> All right. 
and scene. <laughs> yeah. Gr- what is he known for, though? Um, I, I just know he's a billionaire. He don't. He's probably just an entrepreneur investor. But here's a video of him. Good um, for, good for him. Yeah, yeah. dude. Three hundred mil, just not even blinking. All Name right. that building after me. To like, oof, it's gonna cost you, Ken. We got yeah. the vid. Byron should have it. it was... Everyone should have it. Maybe I should give him a heads up. I, I said it to you this morning. Mm. Anyway, well, it, he'll explain. <laughs> he'll explain why. By the way, Ken Griffin is so pissed right now. He's I like, know. Fuck, dude. Three hundred million. I can't even have my own clip locked and loaded. <laughs> here it is. I'm gonna choose a word here carefully. America's Don't elite say the university. Though. Okay. Get back to the roots of educating American children, young adults, mm. to be the future leaders of our country. Yeah. Or are they going to maintain being lost in the wilderness of microaggressions, a DEI agenda that seems to have no real end game, and and just being lost in the wilderness. Like, which way are we going to pick? Are we going to educate the, the future members of the House and the Senate and the leaders of IBM? Or are we going to educate a group of, of young men and women who are just caught up in a rhetoric of oppressor and oppressy and this is not fair and frankly, just like whiny snowflakes? Like, where are we going with education in elite schools in America? And that's a really big issue. Three hundred million dollars last year. Three hundred million. I've said it a million times. I don't know why all of these organizations outed themselves when they had a good deal going and they were just flying under the radar, cashing, hammering checks. You know what I mean? Like Black Lives Matter. They could have just fucking gone in perpetuity, just extorting companies yeah. and taking money from everybody. Yeah. But they had to side with Hamas. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have to do like an official, like there needs to be somebody, and I said PETA did this and NAACP does this mm. and ACLU does this. At some point, they take a turn for the crazy. Yeah. And there needs to be somebody in Harvard took a turn for the crazy and it's like, look, go up there, condemn Hamas, uh, explain that you're um, a fan of the Jews, and that this kind of uh, these kind of outbursts on your campus are completely unacceptable. Then come back, and we'll keep hammering checks in perpetuity. Or you can go out there and be a bitch and argue with the other bitch, and the fucking money's going to dry up. Yeah. So just stop it. And keep the money rolling in. But no, they outed themselves. They blew the lid off all this stuff. And now everyone's like, yeah, fuck these guys. Why? And all the rich, old, conservative white guys are like, why are we giving them our money if they don't? Half of them are Jewish. So they're like, fuck these bitches. We're not giving them any more money. And that's where we're at now. Just because of that, that incident. Yeah. They can't do it. Like, I mean... I, I just, it's so weird. They must get so full of themselves that they just think they're in, 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 impenetrable and, and not vulnerable, but, the, but yeah. they are. And, uh, and also, how much, I, Harvard's endowment is like $58 billion or something. I, how much money do you need? How many, here's what I don't get. Okay. But Adam, let's, let's do this with you. Please. Okay. Give me a fast food you like. 
Oh, Wendy's. Well, Wendy's. Yeah. All right. So you like a Wendy's burger. You like a square burger. Sure. Okay. More of a... All right. If I'm All going right. there, to be honest, I'm probably starting with a fry and a Frosty. All right. So let's just say the Wendy's and Sherman Oaks you like to hit up. Perfect. Let's just say that place had like a $58 million endowment mm. and would get... Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars donated to that Wendy's every year, right? But but then you ran up a tab with the Wendy's in Sherman Oaks, sure. and you owed them like $119. And then I, from the government, would go, this is bullshit. Why should Adam have to pay Wendy back, Wendy's back? And, why? and then someone would go, well, he ate. You know, twenty-two hamburgers, and now he owes them a hundred and eighteen dollars. And I go, yeah, but Adam doesn't work, and he wants to travel a little more, and he shouldn't be on the hook. But no one from the government goes, wait a minute, why does Wendy's have fifty-eight billion dollars yeah, sitting yeah. around and multiple billion-dollar donors every year to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars? Okay, we want to get Wendy's wants to get their money back. There's a loan. How about Wendy's fucking? Why are the taxpayers yeah. bailing out Adam Ray and his and his burger? He he ran up a tab with burger. Why are we getting involved? I've never. I'm vegan. I've never eaten <laughs> at Wendy's. I've never been to Sherman Oaks. We should be asking Wendy's with their billions of dollars and their millions donated to the Sherman Oaks Wendy's every year. Why they're not doing? It. How come no politician, nobody, all the most progressive people. On the right and left, they never go, well, wait a minute, Harvard has $10 billion. You want to get rid of student loans? Maybe you should talk to them. And also, why is it $150,000 worth of... <laughs> Wendy's is charging $86 for a single patty burger. Does that seem a little extreme? Seems a little We ridiculous. can't make a burger for five bucks? Seems like Wendy's is gouging. And Wendy's has an endowment for billions of dollars. And Wendy's is getting hundreds of millions of dollars from, from donations. And they just charge you $28 for a small Diet Pepsi. Okay, someone's got to look into Wendy's, not ask me to subsidize Adam and his Wendy's addiction. You're not wrong. Thank you. <laughs> Powerful. Powerful. Give out some free Frosties, too. Yeah. You know? God, I want some Wendy. I've never tried a Wendy's. Get out of here. Never. Do you, do you dip the fries in the Frosty? Yeah. That's the move? Yeah, dude. That's the whole point of doing it. Wendy's, I put them up there with uh, the best of the best. I mean, Dave Thomas, God rest his soul. He knew what he was doing. Hero. He had a plan, you know? <laughs> he, um, pre-social media, really cut through. And it's crazy, too, because he'd do the square patty. Yeah. And cows don't even come in that shape, dude. No. He's playing God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stab me, man. I mean, they're round, so I get why everyone would do the regular one. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, he did it right. He also, you know, when you're a fast food spokesman, you got to just keep it in your pants, and I think the product sells itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to you, Jared Fogle. Mm -hmm. Where's my Jared Fogle cam? Mm. I love that guy. Did you bring it out every time you're on, by the way. What's uh, that now? The Jared Fogle cam. Um, <laughs> speaking of PETA, did you hear that instead that they want to get rid of Punxsutawney Phil? No. For yeah, Day? this is what I'm talking about. Oh, you're crazy. I get it. Yeah. Now we no longer have well, to support you. Well, of course they you. do, this right? This is what you're, happened. You're, you're having an animal work. Like, we don't need this. Let's, keep, let's let them do their thing. And instead, here's our compromise. Mm. We're going to send you a coin. 
with one side reading six more weeks of winter and the other one saying early spring. Yeah. Just flip that. Well, why don't we do that for everything? Why don't we have a Super Bowl coin? Yeah. You know, one side's got the Chiefs, the no other's shit. got the 49ers, and just flip it. Why, why are we risking injury? Right. Well, the- and, Or the Oscars. Just get a coin. I am actually down for that. <laughs> I'm actually, actually yeah. I have a better chance at an early winter than we ever did with Punks and Tawny Phil. Yeah, no shit. All right. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin and Josh Davis, our next guests, are here. Uh, Adam Ray's doing shows, man. Um, the Chalice. Theater. Dr. Phil Live, uh, next one with Whitney Cummings and Nikki Glazer comes out uh, January 31st oh, yeah. on my YouTube channel. Been killing it with us. I've been seeing that all over the you place. You got to come through. We'll get you on uh, one soon. Bill Burr's doing the next one February 6th. It's already sold out. Burke Kreischer and Mark Norman will be announced for the Netflix Fest in May. And then some other uh, big dogs coming up. But uh, that's once a month at the store. Check them out. All on my YouTube channel, where Doug, the documentary, also lives. Check it out. AdamRayComedy.com for tour dates. I'm everywhere until August. All right, we'll talk to Kyle and Josh right after this. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand with thousands of free movies and TV shows. Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. Don't miss do-it-right deals at O'Reilly Auto Parts. How long has it been since you've changed your spark plugs? Yeah, that's a good question. Replacing your spark plug can, can restore efficiency and performance to your vehicle. Get better gas mileage as well. And right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, Get a $12 O'Reilly gift card after rebate when you purchase four more select AC Delco Iridium spark plugs. Maintain your performance and fuel mileage with new spark plugs from O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can also improve visibility with their new wiper blades. Right now, save 12 bucks on a pair of Rain-X Rugged XL wiper blades. Plus, get two times O Rewards points. An extra-large profile and premium features make rugged XL blades the right choice for extreme weather and driving durability. The professional parts people will even install your new pair of wiper blades for free. From spark plugs to wiper blades and more, save now with do-it-right deals in-store at O'Reilly Auto Parts or O'ReillyAuto.com. In honor of Jim Carolla's 92nd birthday, here's a list of all the things Adam Carolla will do before he dies. Dry shave with a machete. Just one of the things Adam will do before he dies. Let's get back to the Adam Carolla Show. All right. We're going to talk some uh, interesting uh, pod here. Or beyond. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin is uh, in the studio. Josh Davis as well. Josh, uh, you're a documentary filmmaker and investigator, reporter, and that kind of stuff in your you background. Got you got it. And uh, <laughs> Kyle, of course, known from um, just about every movie I remember watching. Is, is, uh, <laughs> you didn't get up much. As a kid. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> The Doors. Oh, uh, man, Val yeah. Kilmer, no yeah. nomination. Nuts. No nomination. That was a crime. 
I right believe there. so. Yeah. I really, Beautiful I really performance. Do. Beautiful performance. I, I mean, really like Val. It had to be. Would he stay in character sort of in between takes and stuff? It wasn't exactly in character, but he sort of dialed it back when he wasn't doing Jim. But he was definitely was in that vibe most of the time. And you were Ray Manzarek? I played Ray. And did Ray. Ray show up much? And he was there. Put yeah, he was. Input? A, <laughs> oh, the real Ray. Yeah. No, Ray and Oliver had a falling out very early on in the process. Um, I met with Ray twice on my own. Really enjoyed his company, heard the stories. Um, he was very nice, very good guy. You know, he had a certain point of view that about the band and about Jim and who the doors were and what the mythology was. And I think he was not pleased with how Oliver was telling that story mm-hmm. and using that mythology to sort of tell a different story, if you know what I mean. Well, it does become the paper of record, so to speak. Like, I, 99% of people who know anything about The Doors will just get it from that movie. And I do get it when somebody, whether it's Jim Morrison or Oppenheimer or whatever, when someone goes, my dad wasn't that way or he never did that, you go, tough, it is. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And you just go, sorry, Richard, gear put a gerbil in his ass. That's all we're doing. (laughs) We're moving ahead. Done. Done with the That's argument. That's quite a leap. It's a leap. <laughs> but isn't that true? Yeah. Well, now you're questioning I me. have theories, I'm but we won't, we won't digress. But my we point is, is I do get why, you know, if somebody said, oh, we're going to do a, a movie about the man show and about you and Jimmy and about how you made the man show or something. And I was like, it's all wrong. It didn't work that way. Like, that, that's not how it happened. You know, they went tough. That's the way we're doing it. <laughs> Well, then that'll be the way it is, mm. and then I would have feelings about it. Yeah, and I think uh, I know. I think Ray did have feelings about it, and uh, so he he disassociated himself with the project. So the uh, podcast, Varnum Town, if I'm saying that right, perfect, um, interesting. And why don't you tell us about? Because I know something about it, but I find it's very organic. It's very interesting. Mm. Ah, um, small town, rural, coastal North Carolina. Shrimping town, very depressed, 300 people in the early 80s, uh, struck up a deal with Pablo Escobar to be part of the import-export scheme, (laughs) actually. And they brought in uh, a huge amount of contraband up from South America through that little town, that little port city. And And when you say the town struck up a deal. Yeah, there was um, a majority of the people that were in the community were up for uh, helping out and making this happen mm-hmm. uh, in return for large amounts of money. And this is a story that you guys stumbled onto how? I brought it to Josh. I had heard it through a friend of a friend who actually met the man who, Dale Varnum, in fact, who was responsible for orchestrating the deal um, and I heard the stories secondhand and then I actually went to meet him and be- I was a believer. I thought, yeah, this certainly could have happened. I mean, he's a very charismatic, uh, tall tale teller, but it was compelling enough for me to say, you know, this is, this is at least a story to pursue. 
And that's when I reached out to Josh, who does this for a living. I do it on it's my day job, but he does it for a living. And I said, what do you think? And I said, I don't believe any of it. <laughs> I think this is just a, a nonsense story. How is it possible for the largest narco trafficker of, a, of the generation to do a deal with 300 people? Right. What, how do you even do that? Is it like right. there's a town meeting? <laughs> right. Right. Everybody raises their hand, like say yay or nay. I just thought it was BS, but I was intrigued. I did an initial public record search and discovered that the DEA had been extremely active in that area at that time, major operations, major numbers of arrests. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, whoa, maybe there is something there. Something, right. Yeah. And so I said, why don't we go and figure it out? Yeah. But it's still a pretty well-kept secret. I mean, if we're just talking about this now and, and it's just all just told just uh, via word of mouth, actually, and you're just hearing it from a friend of a friend. I mean, but then you guys actually go to the town and you talk to the people there and they seem to all kind of know about it. Oh, yeah. No, oh, everybody, yeah. everybody knows about it. Yeah. Uh, it's a really small community, isolated. So there's no reason why the story, you know, could have made it. laid out. Yeah, it just it wasn't going to happen. And it's, uh, it's very insular. There. What was the story about the plane that was actually moving a lot of the contraband? Well, uh, this is one of the first things we came across. People, we show up in this small community and say, hey, we're interested in what happened here in the 1980s. And everybody's like, oh, you want to know about Ario Speedwagon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, do you, what do you mean? The mega band from yeah. the 70s and 80s? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, yeah, the Ario Speedwagon plane landed here filled with drugs from Barranquilla, Colombia. This is true. And that kind of blew my mind. I was like, was, is the band, was the band in league with Pablo Escobar? It's just like, we don't know. It was their touring plane? <laughs> it was their touring plane. They, it turns out, had sold it, and they had failed to remove their logo. Oh, yeah. From the plane. Mm. Got to remove the logo. <laughs> and so the plane so is... So that they, you like, gut it, you know, and just fill it with as much cocaine as they could? When it was caught, it, uh, it landed outside of Varnum Town, and it was apprehended by, by the DEA, and it was filled, uh, the records say that it was filled with quaaludes and marijuana. Uh, there was no sign, no notation of cocaine, but it was coming from Barranquilla, Colombia. Mm-hmm. Wow. There has to be some hidden compartments or something. When you asked to get this REO Speedwagon story verified, did they say, I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually what that song's about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I've always studied uh, the Whittington brothers who are these car racing guys who bought road Atlanta, which is a very long back straightaway on it so they could fly drugs in and land. It rode Atlanta racetrack to mm-hmm. bring their drugs in, oh, yeah. and I, I, there was a—I mean, anyone who watches any of that sort of cocaine cowboy stuff from the '80s, it's crazy. I mean, it's also yeah. crazy. I guess it's crazy what a large influx of money can do and how fast it can do it. You, you know what I mean? And how many people? You know, everyone sits around and goes, oh, I would never, I couldn't be bought. Like, I've learned everyone can be bought at a much cheaper price than they think. We started to realize pretty quickly how many people had been bought back in the 80s, including most of law enforcement in the area. The police yeah. chief, mm. the sheriff. Mm. Um, at the same time, it wasn't true that everybody said yes. 
there were some holdouts. Oh, really? And that's what really got me interested. How do you stand up <laughs> against that kind of money when it seems like everyone is in on it? They're all building houses. They're buying fancy cars. And you stand at a time when the, sh- the shrimping business was depressed. Mm-hmm. So people, this is a lifeline. Right. right? And uh, there was one guy in particular who stood up and said, absolutely not. This is not okay. And it ruined his life. Mm. Well, you know, if you're in some of these Central American, South American, Mexico, you get the choice between the silver and the lead. And so that's a a tougher choice to stand up when you're just going to be executed, you know, in a lot of these other places in America. Maybe they don't execute you. Well, the 70s and 80s in this area, I think Roger Morton was uh, aware of that risk. He yes. was threat. His life was threatened. Yeah, and the life of his family as and well. And the life of his family. Yeah. And he yeah. continued to stand up. Really? Jeez. Was he a shrimper? He was. Yeah. yeah, he was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. Yeah. He had moved there from outside of Varnum Town. He was, when they say outside, he was about a, I don't know, a little over 100 miles away. Mm-hmm. And so that qualified him as an outsider. And he had moved there to fish mm-hmm. and because he wanted to live that lifestyle only to realize that this kind of beautiful Edenic place that he had moved to had a dark underside. And what did they need everyone to do other than shut up? That's the primary one. Yeah, that was the primary. Also, they were using the shrimp boats to ferry the contraband off of what they called the mothership, which were the freighters that would anchor offshore. Mm-hmm. And they needed to be able to transport that back to the, to the mainland and re, you know repeat the visit. And then they need people that were actually would take it from the docks and load it into the tractor trailers uh, from which it would you know be sent out all, uh, over, the country, all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. The eastern seaboard. How many years did they get away with this? Well, there was quite a big twist to the story that we didn't uh, know, which is that uh, somebody turned in over 300 people in the late 80s to the, to the authorities. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody turned state's witness within the mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and shut it down. Mm. I think because there was a feeling that it had gotten out of hand, right? This, it, it turned brother against brother. It turned families against families, and this little community that had been together for generations was mm. being torn apart. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, it's, it's a dead tale from the Bible kind of thing. It, it's, 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 yeah. it's not a new thing. It's old. <laughs> you just can't, you can never pull this one off without, the outcome is really known before you begin. It can go no other way. It has to end up being this. But yet, we'll embark on that journey. One all thing the time. that was that blew me away about it that was different than the biblical story and different than the stories we're used to is that when we, when Kyle and I showed up, everybody's still friends. Hmm. They've they they don't hold ill will towards each other. It went it, that business with Escobar, the the drug business in general, as it was formulated at the time, went away, and they went back to being friends. Well, that's good. The community is beautiful. Mm. They have an Isalia festival. You should go. <laughs> that's beautiful. Been. You would love it. Grand Marshal. You in particular. You, you should be the Grand running. Marshal. Three years running. Oh. Man, oh, man. That's why I'm we impressed. had you guys in. Yeah, I, I, knew, know, I knew. I thought we were going to talk at Zellius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were just waiting. Yeah. So uh, this went on for years. Somebody dropped a dime, and it must have shut down pretty quick. 
pretty quick. Like that. Yeah. You know. Were there were there any murders? Any of that? There that was took place? there was talk of uh, of a number of killings, uh, but the people that we spoke to said that in general the community had stayed relatively tight. They they started to hate each other. They started to fray. It then got cut off all of a sudden, and they went back to being close-knit, quiet, happy, content. Mm. Mm. Was this uh, a geographical thing, meaning they can get there from where the drugs are? I don't exactly, I can't picture it, but I mean, it's, was it? Yeah, a, a little bit. It was helped by the fact that, um, that a lot of uh, inlets and waterways making it sort of difficult if you had something you wanted to hide, you mm-hmm. could easily do that. So tucked away and off the beaten track, difficult to get to, um, isolated. It was also the northern limit of how far the Ario Speedwagon plane could fly from Barranquilla, Colombia, without refueling. Mm. Ah, right. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So they drew on a map and kind of looked around the radius and like, what's that spot on the map? Right, because this is the range of our Ario Speedwagon jet. And the result is they found this place that was very isolated, very cut off. And when he first, when Kyle first started telling me about it, I was like, oh, this is, this feels very Twin Peaksy. It feels, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like this bucolic community. Yeah. But you scratch the surface. Right. And there's some weird stuff under there. Yeah. Well, did, did you guys, have you guys been reached out to for like optioning this story? I mean, I'd watch the HBO series tomorrow. Sold. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just beginning. Things are just beginning. It just the, the show just started yeah. last week. It just came out. We've been working on it for a number of years yeah. now. Yeah, and it just debuted last week. Yeah, was uh, and I should tell people available wherever you find finer podcasts. Yeah, I just put finer in there because when I was a kid and I'd watch those game shows, they'd say you can find you know Botany Five Hundred Sport Coast wherever you find finer, right. <laughs> which is like a Woolworths or Zodies or something. But like they don't they like shove it. finer. Yeah, back where I grew thought, up, that was yeah, that was finer. Where Woolworths did you grow sure. up? I grew up in Yakima, Washington, a little town on the eastern side of Washington. Oh, Yakima, Yakima. Yeah. that must have been pretty rural back then. It was pretty rural, pretty rural. Lots of uh, fruit ranching. Wheat farming, that kind of thing. The drive from of, Spokane to Tacoma, we passed through there. Amazing. You drove from Spokane to Tacoma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You went by. Yeah. And not much acting going on there. Not right? much acting at all there. I went to school at the U in, at Seattle, and uh, that was uh, that's where it all started to happen. But no high school stuff when I was a kid, junior high and high school. I I enjoyed it. We had in my school we had a big musical and a, and a spring play that we would do. So and I, you would be, in. and I would be in those, and enjoyed it. Very social activity to do. Um, everybody participated, so it really? was from the jocks to the stone. Every click was part of that. So that was a. Did your communal. parents have some designs on what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing when you were younger? Nothing that they really enforced on us. They just encouraged us to follow what we wanted to do. I think my dad had a different experience growing up, and so he made it uh, clear that he said, "No, you guys are gonna." Do what you want to do. Follow your own path, and he'll encourage us as best he can. What business was he in? He graduated as a lawyer. He practiced law for about three years, hated it, and turned uh, became a stockbroker, actually. And, and loved that. And you had success pretty relatively early, right? I did. I did. Out of school, 
not a year, and I was cast in Dune. They found me in Seattle and cast me as Paul in the first Dune. And uh, that started in 83. And it's pretty much filled filled calendar since then, right? Pretty good, yeah. Dune to Blue Velvet, uh, the Hidden and Twin Peaks, and that, that started things to roll, Twin Peaks. Yeah, so Blue Velvet was... What's his name and what's his name? Oh, uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Isabella Rossellini, Laura Dern. Yeah, I was trying to think who directed it. Oh, David Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch, right. yeah. That was a real breakthrough, that film. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was the first of a kind of a genre, I guess. Yeah. I, I, it, those films didn't really exist before then, especially in the 80s. It was yeah. like Mannequin and stuff, or, you know, <laughs> stuff for guys who fall in love with mannequins and they'd come to life, you know. Splash. Yeah, Splash. splash. Like, it was the, yeah. the big sort of themey comedies yeah. and whatever, but that movie was different. Yeah, certainly American film. And David Lynch, American surrealist, the premier, I think, American surrealist filmmaker, and uh, and that was his early early on in his career. He'd done Eraserhead. He'd done oh, he did Eraserhead. Yeah, Elephant Man. He had done, oh, and then Dune, which was a departure, and then Blue Velvet, which is back to Eraserhead was before. just one of the first cult classics. I mean, there's a handful of what they, I don't know if they'll even have them anymore, but they were cult yeah. films. And I don't even know an eraser. Well, the guy had a head like an eraser. I mean, a hair like an eraser. <laughs> That's true. But I don't even really remember what it was other yeah. than weird. Yeah, no, just a series of um, images. And, uh, you know, David's movies are, his whole thing is he's not there to tell you what it is. Or you're there to experience it. And, and and that's how you go through his films. So the story itself is less important than the whatever feelings it brings up in you. So being directed by him and then and Oliver Stone and Paul Verhoeven yeah. for um, Showgirls. Showgirls, yeah. So that has to be like the Mount Rushmore of crazy directors, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all very different, all very effective. Yeah, yeah. But all kind of... Bordering, yeah, sort of lunacy. Three or? of the four, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, all and all different. That's Completely what I'm saying. Different personalities, um, but all brilliant. And as an actor, absolutely, people you dream to work with. At least I do. Uh, yeah, Showgirls is an insane movie, but yes. if you and I don't know what you would feel about it if you saw it for the first time in the theater. But later on, when you watch it, you realize it's good that this was made. <laughs> and because it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy movie. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it feels culty with a budget, though. But I, I've seen it multiple times. I, yeah. I love that movie. And, I, and the, the Doors... After I saw The Doors, I was almost haunted a little bit. Like, I, I felt different when I was yeah. left the theater. Like, there's only a handful of movies where you leave and you go, I feel different than I did when I when yeah. I came in. Yeah. You feel like somewhere, like a little high, like a little changed, yeah. a little like, I'd like to know more about this story, like probably bought a Doors live CD or something right. just because Experience. it was impactful. Yeah. Very, and doing it was the same. The concert sequences in particular, Bob Richardson shot those. And I felt like I was at a concert when I was watching the film and also when we were there filming. We were at a concert. I mean, there were three or 4,000 people there for the full day. 
And at the end of the night, people would go home gradually. And the, the floor of the auditorium was littered with bottles, drug paraphernalia, <laughs> clothing. People had sex on the... I mean, it was... These weren't props. These were not props that they came in with. <laughs> or maybe they came in with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they were at a concert, and it felt like it. Yeah. Did you have to sort of learn some keyboard? And I did. That? I mean, I grew up playing the piano. Oh, you did? And uh, so I just... I just learned by ear the songs that we were going to play. The problem, Oliver kept changing the songs that he wanted us to play. So I would learn a song, and then he'd say, well, no, that's no longer going to be in the film. you got to learn this one. Like, it's not that easy. All right. I'll, you know, I'll do my best. So, But I, yeah, I, did my, I managed to learn most of them. But now you could be in a tribute band. Yes, yes. I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to wear the mutton chops and the, get did the long that, hair. So were you guys sort of performing live? We were performing live, yeah. We were uh, to, to playback. But I knew the songs. Kevin, who Dylan, who was on the drums, he got the drum part. Frank Whaley played the guitar. He actually he didn't learn to play the guitar, um, but he faked it well. Um, but occasionally we would be in studio, and Robbie Krieger would come and sit in, and Val would come, and we managed to to kick out three or four songs just on our own with Robbie's with with Robbie there. You mean new songs, new door songs? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. And you can get those now. <laughs> um, so, it, but. and uh, and I guess it's a new world where everyone just gets to sort of pursue what they what they want to pursue in terms of, you know, podcast or check out a story that they I don't know, people had to stay in their lane. You're an actor, you're a musician, right? You know, you're a journalist. You know, now everything is sort of commingling, and yeah. everyone is just kind of doing what's next, yeah. what they want. So many opportunities, right? I mean, this is a great way to tell a story without having to spend the kind of money you would spend if it were a TV show or a film. Um, like I said, it's this little tiny crew. We went down, interviewed people for about six days, and then you know, assemble it. Which is uh, that's the challenging part. And Josh, where are we at with the journalism these days? Because I hear people arguing over it all, all the time. I yeah, just heard it's, uh, it's... Bill Maher was arguing with Seth MacFarlane. You know, what's sad for me is when you're friends with everybody and you go, oh, come on, fellas, <laughs> what are we arguing fight, about yeah. here? We're all rich. <laughs> what are we doing here? But your friends are having arguments. And, you know, Seth sort of saying, you should believe journalists, and Bill Maher saying, I don't, and now where are we at? I feel like it's the result of other things, right, that, that the, the business model for journalism switched when everything went digital, right? Mm -hmm. It used to be that you would have ads in print, and you had the classifieds in print, and that sustained a lot of local journalism. Mm -hmm. And when Craigslist came along and banner ads took over the print ads— the money went away, and there was no longer that local journalism, and it kind of bubbles up from there, that foundation of local reporting that then scales up to national reporting and international reporting. The foundation's gone. Yeah. I mean, the New York LA Times just laid off a bunch of people. Last week. I mean, they've been, you know, in the paper. They've been, I've lived here my whole life, so it's always been check the Times and find out what's what's happening. And now we're living in some alternative universe and I think, but I, I'd be curious in both your perspectives on this, which is I think you now have to find a handful of voices that you think are accurate and who have been consistent and have 
said things like, I've been wrong in the past about this, or I shouldn't have voted for that guy, but I changed my mind the next time around or something. Usually there's some, uh, there's some intellectual honesty in saying you made a mistake or you're changing your view on some subject. Mm-hmm. And then you, you follow about six or eight of these people. And when a subject comes up, you go, what are they saying about the subject? It could be a Bill Maher. You know, it, and it could be someone on Substack and it could be someone on CNN. But I'm just mean, like, have a little orbit of a little galaxy of stars of people who've been sort of consistent and accurate. And then when the next thing comes down the pike, check in with them. I don't know any other way to do it now. I just I, I try to read everything across the spectrum. So yes. I read the left. I read the right. I don't know if there's a center anymore. I read, I read the two sides, and I try to kind of triangulate the truth almost. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can do that, but I think the problem is, is if you, it's hard to triangulate if someone says two and two is five and the other says two and two is three. Yeah. I mean, maybe you do triangulate and end up with four, but they got, they got so far apart. For me now, it's hard to do the triangulation. I think I like people in general who jumped ship. I like people who used to be this and are now that and they used to work on here, but now they, they quit and work there. Like I've, I found there's more intellectual honesty, at least when people jump ship. But you never you never know. But there's still I think there's some accurate voices out there and and or at least they're sort of. Um, sober takes like there are people where you go that person has pretty balanced opinions on whatever because a rally is like ukraine the ukrainian war what the fuck how would you know how do i know i have no you know there's just no way of me having a gut instinct or woman's intuition or anything about Mm. subjects of that nature Mm. i think you've seen like the news has suffered the kind of the day-to-day fast news, but something that doesn't get talked about as much that's very rare now is that deep dive, that investigative work that Mm -hmm. nobody can afford anymore. So you're not seeing people going and really trying to understand somebody's point of view, where they're coming from, who's their family, who are their friends, why did they make the decisions they're making? There's less and less of that in journalism. And I actually feel that it's really important and needs to be there, and I, I don't actually know the solution, but it's it's missing. They are offering. I mean, you you can find it a deep dive, but they offer it extra subscription, and you have to pay this, and you know if you want to know more, that kind of thing. That's what I see. Yeah, it also worries me when you hear stories about some, you know, oh God, her name escapes me, but she's the one who had the dust up with the morning show, and her and her boyfriend took off and they got fired this couple months back she was uh dating her co-worker and on air whatever she's a beautiful blonde woman i can't think of her name but yeah. it'll, it'll come to us mm-hmm. it was all over the tabloids a few months back anyway she was lamenting like on a hot mic that she had this uh epstein she had all the stuff on epstein and and they 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 killed the story, you know. And then you're like, who killed the story? And it's like NBC corporate said, you know. And you're like, she gathered all this information three or four years ago. Amy Roback. Amy Roback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they told her, nah, we're not we're not getting into that. And then you're sort of like, 
is it because they think she doesn't have enough information or is it because they're protecting people or they owe favors or people owe, you know, have mm-hmm. stuff on them? Like why? Way too much of that going on in recent history mm-hmm. for me. So I think you, you do the deeper dive. You find those voices. Yeah, we're yeah. trying. We're and, trying. That's yeah. why we went to Varnum Town. <laughs> yeah. That's why you went to Varnum Town. Josh, Joshua goes to wars. <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, God. So uh, let me give it a let me give it a plug. Uh, Varnum Town new pod. It's available wherever you listen to finer podcasts. Finer, finer podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks you guys for coming in and uh, hanging out. This kind of interesting conversation, and I'm I'm very interested in hearing the podcast cool. now. Cool. I'm glad. Yeah. We don't. We don't. Uh, that's kind of a mystery. <laughs> did did what? Was Pablo Escobar's actual involvement? That's the question we try to answer. Pablo Escobar was this great character because it's like the people loved him because he built them a soccer field. It's like, wow. <laughs> Did you hear about the, his hippo collection? The people could yeah, be bought. Yeah. yeah. He had a hippo collection. He built soccer fields and he blew up a commercial airliner uh. as well. God, what? It was a big life. It yeah. was a big life. Yeah. Hippos right. are like an invasive species out there now. That's right. They, are. they can't control it. Yeah. 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 Oh, we got into the hippo story not yeah. too uh, many years ago. All right. Uh, me, I'll be in uh, Naples, Florida this Friday and Saturday. I think all the shows are sold out, but we added a Saturday matinee. So if you want to come on out for that. And you can go to amcrawl.com for all the live shows. And until next time, this is Adam. For Josh Davis and Kyle McLaughlin and Adam Ray and Chris Maxvada saying mahalo. The Adam Carolla Show is recorded using Rode microphones. Visit rode.com and our music provided by Extreme Music at extrememusic.com. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744 and get your tickets to see the Ace Man at adamcarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.